0: Hey kids, you're listening to the internet's wettest podcast about video games, consoles, and pancakes. The yeah. SML Podcast. For the Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is the SML Podcast. I am your host, Joe. Hi, everyone. We, we have a huge-ass party Joe. cast this week. Uh, we've only got one show this week, so Aki's here. Yay. Bree is here. Chris is here. Brooke is here. Yay. Purnell is here. And Jacob's here. Pick up is late. And here. the crowd
1: goes wild. Yeah. No, no, no! that wasn't the crowd. That was you. I no, can tell. Me. I can well, that was you. <laughs> and and that, that was none of us. That was a uh, horde of crickets. That was our, our good friend, script. George,
0: making an
1: appearance. <laughs> uh, as a, so, as a so
0: how is everyone doing? This is, uh, is going to be a, a a fun show because, first off, everyone is here. This is pretty cool. Everyone is it's mingling like together. Uh, if only Tim were still around, he could join. Uh, Super SML Ultimate. Any topics that anyone wanted to cover before we cover...
1: Honestly, I'm just curious about what people are playing that aren't review games. Like, anything that you've been no. like, hey,
2: I'm gonna... Disney Dreamlight hey, Valley. Now, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I only play review games.
3: <laughs> not only am I playing Disney Dreamlight Valley, but I requested off December 5th and 6th from Ford work. For
1: Dream- Wait, why just would why- those
3: be... Because they're releasing the first paid expansion... That day,
1: oh, that explains. It drops, like, Wait a minute! It, it drops nice. at like
3: nine a.m. So I'm gonna like wake up, drop my kids off at school, and then play Disney Dreamlight Valley, and then play all
1: a children's game. Day.
3: Congratulations! Why
1: even, why even <laughs> drop the kids off at school? Let them take the day off too. You can all play Disney Dreamlight Valley.
3: No, I need I need a break from them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what the public schools not going to share.
0: Summer. My Disney
4: Dreamlight Valley. I'm sorry, Valley. kids. I need daddy time with Disney. <laughs> I'm not oh gonna, that not would sound
1: so bad no if i had kids i could totally see myself oh, look here kids pokemon just came out get out of my room i am play pokemon <laughs> go outside somewhere i don't give a you, shit you, it's you, my time really
2: play pokemon anymore
5: yes I, yeah. you know, okay. i'm sure yeah. I God, yes yeah my nieces are way into it why wouldn't okay.
0: people still play one of the most popular my- franchises in the history of gaming
3: because Aki uses herself as the metric as to what's good. So
1: Well that's, that's a reasonable right. Point. But also <laughs> you gotta figure, I mean, hate love or hate Pokemon, they nailed marketing to a freaking letter. Like think of the fact that they have over a thousand Pokemon out there. And there are people, myself included, who can name a ridiculous number of them without trying to learn their names. It just happened. One a day ridiculous. Ridiculous. And for the next what hour on the
0: what? show, Purnell is going to recite in alphabetical order all no, the Pokemon No, that's not that that he how that's knows.
1: not how that's not how any of this works. You know
3: it. <laughs> I I know, but I like how Purnell also just invented a new word, gridiculous. Like it's, it's, it's so ridiculous, it's beyond scientific like measurement. It's just ridiculous. That's
5: ridiculous.
3: Yeah,
1: like they're
5: just it's anomalous. Never get that. I like that. Oh, I like that. That, one. Just,
3: that just sounds like something out of a hentai game with tentacle monsters. <laughs> that's why that, I like that's it. That's why I. because you're on it, the yeah.
5: Thursday show.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: it
5: only smart. sounds like that to you. It's a but combination I mean, of the word anomaly and ridiculous.
1: But 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 I'll do honest. With you. Like it really did. They did pull something off there where. I can't think of anybody that I know that plays Pokemon that tried to learn the names of any of these things. They're just like, I want to use this guy, you know, the, the jingling keys, the trash bag, the, I don't know, the bucket Pokemon, the ice cream Pokemon. And then one day you're like, oh yeah, Vanilla. <laughs> oh Yeah, Vanillux, that's what that is. And oh, look, there's Trubbish and Garbador. And you're like, how the hell do I know that? It's because somehow, some magical way, I can't remember my mom's birthday I can remember my mom's birthday Disclosure, um but, I'm telling but I can't remember the, that no I actually can't remember because to, I've had to fill it out many many times in recent months but no but like, there was a time where I couldn't remember my mom's birthday but I could remember Pokemon number 572 it was stupid and that to me is like a testament to how well those guys did with marketing that blasted game it's it's ingenious so I could totally see kids still playing it, even with the shift in the actual franchise.
0: So, There's what no is Pokemon 572?
1: I don't know Why are you going to be all douchey? Look, Pokemon hey, wanna, are real. You wanna,
5: <laughs> do you want to know the one thing I know about Pokemon? What? You don't play it. Unique. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's a... Uh... Okay, so, I learned this. I actually learned this in 1997 from Nintendo Power's 100th issue, which is a uh, a tome that... that is constantly on my mind, apparently. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, Pokemon is short for pocket monster, right? It's a common Japanese way of abbreviating, like, two words into, you know, even English words into, like, one kind of uh, entity. So, pocket monsters is, like, what, what Pokemon comes from. They uh, they had to call it that. That's not a, uh, that wasn't really by their choice. They wanted to just call it pocket monsters in, in the West. But they couldn't because there was already a brand of toys called Monster in My Pocket. That, yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a had a cartoon movie, uh, an NES video game that was really good, made by Konami. It
2: was a cool and, franchise.
5: Yeah, it was it was cool stuff. But I thought yeah, guys they, just
2: said that to brag.
5: No, it, it doesn't go in your pocket, Aki. <sighs> um. <laughs> anyways, so the uh, yeah they uh, they called it uh, Pokemon so that they could get around not calling it Pocket Monsters in, in the U.S., and then that caught so well that it went back to Japan and they started calling it Pokémon there and everywhere else. But in the U.S., because they didn't want to interfere with Monster in My Pocket's uh, trademarks, they, uh, that's, that's the reason it's called that. And now Monster in My Pocket no longer exists, so take that! Yeah, it's, uh, it's long gone. Yeah, take that, mm-hmm. Galoob!
1: <laughs> the there's a name
3: nobody I've cares about it. your micro machines and Johnny Quest action figures was it Galoob Wait, I Ma- thought
5: it was Mattel I uh, thought it was Galoob oh I don't know let me see but not
1: you say it is, is micro machine still a thing is that actually yes done no
5: that? no
3: they brought Hasbro brought, brought them back last year and now hmm. they do this like kind of like they do a bunch of city and military stuff but they also like leaned heavily into transformers
0: Somehow, Monster in My Pocket was Matchbox.
5: Yeah, Matchbox.
3: Hmm. Okay. Red so, a... but it eventually, was invented
5: went... by, it was invented by two people who worked at Mattel. Okay. Yeah. I was going
3: to say, if it, was, <laughs> if it was Matchbox, then eventually it would have been Mattel anyway, because
5: yeah. they own them. Thanks, Wikipedia, <laughs> the People's Dictionary.
0: <laughs> Make sure to donate.
5: You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> donate <a> home. <laughs> <guy.
0: laughs> So, where was this story going, or should we just get in the news? That
2: was it. Oh, yeah. People
0: people were saying uh, what games they were playing (laughs) that weren't review games, and Jacob answered with Disney Dreamlight Valley, and that's the only answer we got.
2: (laughs) I'm playing Guild Gunpla. That's,
3: okay. that's not a game. That's just a sad life ending for oh, you. Fuck
2: you! It's a fantastic <laughs> life. Building model mean, is great. It, it
1: I day. mean, in his defense, it was retribution for calling his game a kids game. But now that you both a got your tit, now you both had your tit for tats. Now get in the corner and be
2: civil with each other, you friends. Well, on Friday, I'm getting a new kit in. That's the reason why I bring it up. You getting can't a wait. kit? Oh, that's in? pretty cool. A kit in? Oh, oh. a new oh. model kit.
0: I thought you yeah. were getting a kitten, not a kit in. No.
2: Well to her
4: I, that is like a kitten. It's like a thing <laughs> she's gotta take care of and, and, exactly. and pet and raise and make pretty and, and water alive. I, yeah.
5: And feed I three eat. times a day and yeah. pooper scoop. I have rarely had the opportunity to hear the enthusiasm in one's voice drop that much in that short of time. <laughs> As when Joe I thought he heard kitten, and then it was actually Kit in.
0: Yeah, that's uh, heartbreaking. Uh,
5: Chris, what are you playing? I uh, so I lost my ability to stream. Uh, you know, and there was much rejoicing. I'm just kidding. What I'm what not happened? even pop. I'm not even popular enough to have detractors, so it's fine. Uh, my internet—something about the internet and about the hardware—somewhere uh, my upload speed is completely screwed. It's like mm. maximum half a megabyte. Oh, okay. uh, God. half a megabit, I think, actually. So that's yeah. like one sixteenth of a megabyte or something. Anyway, it's bad. Um, so I can't stream. It won't even like display a still picture. I can't even stream a JPEG. Uh, so while I'm forced to be on a break uh, I just like just threw myself into the PS5 version uh the the glow up of Final Fantasy 7 remake mm. and uh, I have really really been enjoying that I'm 35 hours in now as a, <laughs> after one week and I'm about to finish it probably tonight and then I'm gonna move on to uh, integrate and then finish up Final Fantasy 16 and then we'll see where we go from there what do you think of Final Fantasy 16 thus far? I like it, but I'm very, very early in the game still, so I really haven't had a chance to, like, come across anything I didn't like. Because, I mean, obviously, in a Final Fantasy game, I mean, if you're not, you know, if if you're not, like, wowed in the first, like, 10 minutes or something, then it's probably, you know, not for you. (laughs) But so I'm like,
1: I mean, you, you remember the 13th criticism, like, give it 20 hours. I well, mean, okay.
5: I like I, in fairness, I haven't played 13 myself, but I also, I know a lot of people who really like it, but, um, cause I'm not, I'm not like on Reddit or anything. So I don't hear a lot of complaints about good video games. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> but, mean,
1: it, it, and Reddit's defense, the internet doesn't too, but no, I like 13 also. So no, not. Yeah. Notion.
5: I mean, I am on Twitch and Twitch chat is like that. So it's like, you know. Um, but no, I, I've really liked Final Fantasy 16 so far. It's um it reminds me the most weirdly of Final Fantasy 2. Um,
1: really? Yeah. That's because, an interesting compare.
5: Well, I mean, if you're real familiar with Final Fantasy 2, it's it's really the only other game that just consistently brings like the grim dark like aspect to it and just like Disasters on like a on a on a level of a uh, Final Fantasy Twos are actually rare in the series. Um, you know, uh, FF Six is uh, I don't want to be a spoiler or anything, but like FF Six has a pretty big one, but FF Two just like constantly brings you down with stuff, and that's where I'm kind of <laughs> at in, in sixteen so far. I would love uh, to find
0: out if they ever release the Pixel Remasters on Xbox. I would love that. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. yeah. Square, if you're listening, uh, any. F- Fucking day now, please.
4: Pretty please. Shut they'll, up, Jacob. <laughs> they'll,
1: they'll tell you, just give them a chance. I will say a game that, or quote unquote, game that I attempted this week and then quickly was like, Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do this right now. Um, I'm a big Silent Hill nut and have been for years, even though they've kind of went cuckoo over Konami. But because of that, I was like, You know, I want to. I don't want to shoot this, you know, ascension project down until I actually experience it for myself to see what they're doing with this thing. So I watched like the first two or three episodes of it, and quickly was like, "They have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> this is this is very this is very unfortunate." <laughs> I actually had to shelve it. Like, I don't know if anybody else here has given that game a chance or "quote unquote" that show a chance, but nope. If I, you have, I heard about it. I'm but sorry I... for you.
0: The only thing I heard about it was that it was underwhelming and I didn't even care enough to look into it about what the show's about.
5: You wouldn't even accept a whelm. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was barely whelmed.
1: <laughs> I was underwhelmed. The only like, thing I've it,
5: heard is that it sucks
3: and also the issues with the uh the censoring in the chat.
1: Oh on the in and all due honesty though, the censoring in the chat does work because that chat went bonkers it's like if they didn't censor it they'd have nothing else go at all because that thing was a mess but um but yeah it's, no, no,
3: no. well you can't say the word scam or
1: uh kojima in no, it, you but, can't uh, say unless they change something since i last check you can't say words in it <laughs> it's just text now i mean it's uh, just like emojis now
0: oh wow okay so i guess
1: yeah, that's, they did that's because-
0: what i heard it was just emoji chat
1: yeah, because people cause were coming in so- there saying it with way worse stuff, and they were like, We don't know we're how talking to talk about this in. flop
0: away too much. Brooke, what are you playing?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
6: Ooh, actually, my games tonight are so big, Virch and Sandrock, that uh, I think you could probably put, if you really wanted to, a couple hundred hours into Sandrock. I certainly put at least 90 hours into Virch. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what I play tomorrow because <laughs> you know, I'll have this Wait, hole in free. my heart. What's on on the docket for
0: tomorrow, do you have any plans?
6: I was thinking maybe downloading. Uh, Don't make fun, but it's called Fashion Dreamer, and I see a lot of I see a lot of friends going nuts where it's like a dress up drama game, and not normally the kind of thing I would be into. But I'm curious to try it for sure. It just came out, um, and I've got that hole in my heart. You know, Virch was a hard play, but now that it's over, I'm kind of just sad because I've been mostly playing it for the past few weeks. You know what I mean? So I'm in that kind of <laughs> squicky place where I'm excited to see what I play next. But all day today, I've 100 of the game now. And all day today, I keep. Going going back, like, wow. on my little breaks, being like, oh, I'll play a little more. Oh, no, the game's over, you know? So <laughs> it's funny y'all ask me that. Uh, we'll see where I go from here. But yeah, maybe a silly little dumbass dress-up game for you, boy.
5: I, I, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, I had a similar experience um, when I streamed through a completionist playthrough of Skyrim. I actually collected every unique thing unique. in the game... Uh, I, I completed every quest, side quest, um, and and did every noteworthy thing that I could possibly do in one playthrough, including glitching some stuff where I could do it. Uh, I
6: remember thing. these days, by the way. I remember your, yeah. your Skyrim completionist days. So
5: yeah, yeah. So at the end of that, it was so weird to walk around Skyrim with nothing to do, Dude. just a liminal space of an <laughs> epic fantasy. And I was like, I can't even picture completing
1: that game. Like you did every side quest. Yeah. Every single one. I
6: can't imagine with a game like that, that huge dude. And you did it so many times, right?
5: Well, I only did the completionist run once, but I have beaten Skyrim many, many times and many, many different challenges. Oh, and I did it all on legendary difficulty too. So I couldn't even ratchet ratchet it up any further.
6: (laughs) That's crazy. I can't yeah. picture that. I cannot. Like,
1: that is wild to me. <laughs>
5: Chris had well, it bad. The entire playthroughs on Twitch. <laughs> if you have a couple hundred hours, all- you could oh, watch somebody do it.
1: Is it weird, dude? It was hundreds. It was hundreds of hours. Hundreds of hours.
5: No, not hundreds. Like, uh, I, I can't tell you how many though, <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, it's on my PS4 the playthrough, so I can't just look at it on my Switch. Great googly but moogly.
6: to answer 100%? your question. Yeah, for me, it is. For Chris, it's not. For you, it's not, you know. Say, I, I think
2: I, I put uh, uh, Oblivion, I put 180 hours in that, and I 100%ed everything. In it. That's awesome. I that know. actually seems like pretty good time. It yeah, I, I thought it was. I, had, I need to
0: go back and play more Oblivion. Oblivion was the reason I bought an Xbox 360.
6: Oh wow, that's awesome!
0: I was working at Best Buy at the time, Um, and they got in one collector's edition of the game, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, we're getting this. And now you're
5: addicted. Uh, uh, Morrowind was the reason I bought an Xbox, like the original Xbox. As soon as I saw it,
0: so much better on a Series X.
5: (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, and I also have a 360 now, so I can do it that way. But I'm just saying, oh, it still loads like shit
0: on a 360. You got to play on something where it's actually installed. Like playing that game on a Series X, the the load times are basically non-existent. Well and That's a game we'll that see. you would you could make a sandwich during load times.
2: <laughs> yeah Oh I
6: I know that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> Brings me back. Yeah. That's yeah.
2: why I bought uh, Skyrim and then I never played Skyrim. You should play Skyrim.
4: Maybe, Maybe no, what are play you Witcher playing? Three,
0: Free, what are you playing?
4: Oh, um Mostly I've been playing uh, Talos Principle, which is one of my review games, um, because nice, nice. I've just really been wanting to play that. Um, been working on grinding some Killer Instinct, playing some Sea of Thieves, kind of typical stuff. And yeah, most most of my time has just been like diving into Talos and like reading everything. <laughs> How are you like um, Sea of Thieves, um, by the way? Sorry. Sea of Thieves me. has been like my bread and butter for so long now. It's Dude, uh, I want to try it. It looks awesome. I've had some people tell me, am I like it?
5: I've seen you stream
4: it. Yeah, it's uh we we actually like the, the big group ship, the the galleon that we use most of the time is named the Winchester because that's kind of like the joke from Shaun of the Dead. Like, oh, hey, we should try something new. We should go do something. What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's go to the Winchester. So, yeah, it's like Sea of Thieves nice. has kind of like always been my fallback game since it came out. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I got to sure know, it. though, because I heard you say something and that, that threw me off. You said you're grinding killer instinct. That game yeah. has a grind element.
4: Well, if you like achievements, uh, yes, it's pretty grindy. Um, Just going in and trying to do specific things to get fight challenges done and, uh, you know, get uh, matched ranked wins, um, Uh, stuff like that for achievements. Yeah, I'm an achievement hunter. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, attempt towards 100% of that.
0: blow everyone's mind. What is your achievement score?
4: Uh, My gamer score right now is... Two million sixty one thousand seven ninety five. Congrats. That's awesome.
1: That is a large number.
6: You're an inspiration. Yes,
5: <laughs> I think mine is like three thousand.
1: <laughs> wow. wow.
5: You're catching figures, up,
0: man. Like, You're catching have, up. You'll get there. Honestly, I, have a I think
1: this score, but in
0: I'm
5: this
1: old. era it's weak.
6: Mine's like I, twenty-five. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh wow uh, okay yeah i was gonna say i was kind of proud of my minimalist score but uh brooks got me got me soundly defeated on that one
6: yeah <laughs> reigning champ over here <laughs> 25
1: yeah that one person who has like the one achievement point in bullet witch is like there you go <laughs> one score
6: hey remember that one achievement i have in story of seasons for xbox is refusing to farm so you know don't mess with me <laughs> yeah. 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 Like that's an actual
1: achievement is just to yeah. play the game without farming.
6: Yeah. You know what, buddy? I'm going to link you to my SML review where we cover that. You're going <laughs> to love it. I'm going to give you, I,
1: I will. I will listen to that. Cause I want to hear you <laughs> say I play a farming game and never farm. I am so,
0: I am so I tempted right farm. now. I have a, uh, a side Xbox account that I've done nothing with except reserve the name, the SML podcast i wanted to have that name so no one else could have that gamer tag i'm so tempted to fire up double dragon neon get the one point achievement for starting the game and then nothing else ever on that account
4: do it i like it one
1: point Do have one point
4: (laughs) could could you find a zero point achievement and like just (laughs) just grab that I I swear I have a game somewhere. Yes, I I have a game where I have a zero point achievement. I think it's like ESO or something has like a starting zero point achievement. Wow. That's cool. Yeah.
0: I know it's some RPG that came out recently. I think Noob, the factionless. I think it's possible to start and just get one point in that as well. And then just walk away for good.
1: Yeah. I just. So random. Find,
0: I'll find games that you could only get one point in, <laughs> and
1: I'll just have a gamer card full
0: of games with one point.
2: Find all the games but that I
1: feel like a lot of those pretty you pretty can't, right? like Because a lot of the one-point achievements, you have to do other things to get you to the one-point achievement, right? I don't know. It depends. Like, Double
0: Dragon Neon, it's literally just starting the game.
1: Hmm.
0: Boop this up.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Sad, it's a fun, that'd be a fun challenge for you to embark upon, that's for sure.
0: Anyway, I think the fun challenge is going to be getting through reviews in a timely fashion tonight. We got a bunch to talk Not about. Bad. Should we dive into these?
6: Let's do sure, so. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's get things started with Virch Evermore Error Salvation, developed by Idea Factory, published by Axis Games, released November 9th on the Switch for $49.99. In an island country, people are born with a curse that leads to death. At age 23, the people lament and oppose their short-lived fates. A watchman appears to the girl known as Death and guides her to to uncover the mysteries that haunt the country. Whether she likes it or not, despair is the fate that awaits those who are loved by Death. Brooke, tell us about Virch Evermore, Error Salvation.
6: (sighs) Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath here. Alright, okay. Well, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm actually really nervous about giving this review tonight live, because this is a super, 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 super heavy, emotionally difficult game for most people I to play, including me. Okay, go ahead.
2: Is this the one that you were uh, posting yep. about on Twitter, where you're like, I've been solving this whole time, and I'm not giving you any context?
6: Yup. Okay. And let <laughs> it go the down on record then that I am very good at keeping that embargo. But yeah, let me get back to my notes here. Uh, this is a super, 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 super heavy, emotionally difficult game for most people, including me, a huge crybaby who loved it and 100 of it, to play. And it's affected me very deeply, and while I'm so glad I played it, and I'm glad it exists, and it is now in my top five atome of all time, uh, it really messed me up, man. So let's start out by stating the obvious to people who already know about this game, how long and intensely awaited it's been by the community, This game is not going to be for everybody, even though I wish it could be. This game absolutely lives up to its unbelievable reputation as an intentionally heavy, horrific, and in most cases, for a lot of people, at least lightly traumatic experience. So can I just say before we get started how brave I am to have played this game all by myself, all alone, without any help or anyone to talk to about it?
5: GG, very proud of you. Thank you, thank you.
6: Oh, come on, Brooke, it can't be that bad. It's an Atomia. Oh my god, yes it is! This game is so intense. Air horns, please. Oh, whoa. This game is intense. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Some (laughs) people don't even think that this is really an Atome game if we want to be traditional Atome gatekeeping dicks about it, which we don't, by the way. Atome is whatever it wants to be. Uh, Okay, sorry. One moment while I climbed down off my soapbox. Okay, but anyway, it's controversial as an Atome game and therefore, in theory, at least a little bit marketed towards teens because it's so mature in content. This is an R18 Atome game, which some Atome gatekeeping trolls would say is an oxymoron, and they're wrong. Sorry, getting off my soapbox again. Not sure how my foot got back up on there. Uh, <laughs> some people say an R18 Atome game wouldn't be an Atome game because atomic games are supposed to be coming of age fiction for young people, so this would be too messed up. Uh... But I'm beating around the bush here. What's so heavy about this game? Well, let's start by describing just some of the first couple scenes of the game. I don't want to give any spoilers for this game's plot, and a lot of it is surprises from the beginning. So tune out for a minute if you don't want even spoilers for the first couple scenes. Let's just talk about how this game begins, and I'll try to keep this quick. It opens up on us reminiscing on just some of the people we've known growing up who have tried to get close to us or be kind to us, all of whom have died because we apparently have the curse of death. What is that? Well, mostly everyone around us just seemingly gets sick and dies uh, by the same sickness that kills all people in this country before they hit age 23, uh, that Joe mentioned in the eShop description. But it doesn't matter how old they are. If they hang out with... Sorry about that. I think I cut out for a second.
0: Yeah, you did. Can you guys hear me? Yep.
6: Okay, great. Well, well, that's wonderful. <laughs> okay, so where were we? we uh, I don't know what the last thing you guys hear, but basically, the thing that kills everybody by the age of 23, that we expedite that sickness just by existing, apparently, Um One of the people that we are reminiscing on in this opening scene didn't quite die, though. We flash back to a scene where the orphanage we lived in when we were younger caught on fire. And though many children died that day, we were saved because another kid who saw us rescued us. Started to pull us out of the burning building, but while he was rescuing us, half his face got burned off. He lived, but he was hideously mutated. For most of the scene where he's pushing us out of the burning wreckage, this scene takes forever, by the way, he's screaming, and we get a real voice actor for this. We have his little kid voice actor's voice screaming and screaming as he's burned alive. This guy's he's the character's less than ten years old, I think, in this story. At this juncture, and we have it described to us in narration, the text on the screen describing our memories, how gory it is that his skin is melting off his face. Brunel, you played 999. That game gets pretty gory, right?
1: And how? Well, Well, literally, a lot of the gore is, like, implied. But that's enough to be like, oh, crap, this is rough.
6: And it's I mean, that's supposed to be towards a younger audience, too. But yeah, especially for a horror visual novel. But that's like a a little joke compared to this game. This game really describes the gore both visually and also narratively and how it's described. So when we reminisce about this event uh, and almost dying in the orphanage, we remember how even back then in that moment, we just feel guilty to have ever even existed. And we're sad that we didn't die that day. We hate that this kid got mutilated to the point where he looks like a monster and it ruined his young life because in our minds, it wasn't worth it to rescue us. We should have just died and no one would have had to be hurt again because of our curse, Uh, which, by the way, according to the townspeople, probably caused the fire at the orphanage itself, too. So yeah, this is just one of the nine people we, the main character, are contemplating either killing or ruining the lives of in this very first scene in the game, uh, because we are the incarnation of death. And once we're done narrating those horrible memories to ourselves, the scene opens up and we're now in the present. We're in a field of black flowers. We're no longer reminiscing anymore. And now in this moment, we have a dagger in our hands and it's pointed at our throat. We're on our knees because we're about to uh, kill ourselves. We are going to kill ourselves so no one else gets hurt. Even us, because we're so tired. Uh, right before we kill ourselves, we make a wish that if we're going to be reincarnated after we die, that we could just please be a normal girl and live a normal life. But we can't have that. Uh, if we can't have that, we wish that we would just please not be reincarnated at all. Uh, so we would never live again because we just can't do this anymore. And there we are, we're bringing the dagger down to slit our own throat when this motion is interrupted by a strange man walking up and grabbing the blade of the dagger with his bare hands. Blood drips on the ground. Uh, Who are you? We ask him. Well, I'm Anko, the watchman of death. I rule over Hades. Maybe you've heard of me. And I'm here to make a special contract with the fair maiden of death herself. That's you. I know you want to die, but it's not time yet. Will you please help me? If you help me, I'll make your wish come true. And I guarantee that you can be a normal girl when we're done. So do you accept my offer? And he touches your lips and he paints your lips red with his blood. Is this offered too good to be true? And here you are, you're faced with your very first story-affecting decision, the first of many in a very, very branching uh, narrative experience. And that's actually as far as I'm going to go in describing this story's plot, uh, because this is only the beginning. This barely scrapes the surface of the level of angst we're going to reach in this game over the course of probably something like 70 hours for most players. Suffice to say, this game is goth as fuck. Without spoilers, (laughs) uh, players who enjoyed angsty crown jewels of Atome, such as, uh, even if Tempest, they may enjoy this game. That's actually the first one I want to open with to compare to this game. Although they are so different. When we think about um, why this game is so heavy, there's a lot of overlap and internal monologue here. Especially a lot of internal monologuing about self-loathing parts. Parts that focus on abuse that's done to us when we're younger. Isolation, what that abuse would do to our brain and confidence as we grow up, and what kind of adult that might make us into, and what kind of relationships we might have as an adult because of that. Uh, I definitely think if you finished, even if Tempest, and if it's one of your top five favorite Atomic games, you absolutely need to play this game if you think you can hack it. Code realized to a lesser extent than even if Tempest. Very, very angsty, lots of self-loathing, lots of, you know, I, I suck so bad, I'm an even human, what is a woman? A miserable little pile of secrets. (laughs) Etc., <laughs> etc., et uh, and some similar sci fi themes to both games as well. Interestingly enough, this game does have both fantasy and sci fi components, although I'd say the setting and aesthetics are definitely a bit more on the fancy, lacy goth fantasy side than the blue glowing technology and test tubes and lab coats brand of magical sci fi we sometimes see mixed in with a little bit of steampunk in these games. Which segues me into just slightly mentioning Steam Prison, of course, although I find that game to be a walk in the park thematically compared to this one, and that game is quite heavy. Uh, but also back to magical fantasy vibes, Cafe Enchante, which I haven't quite finished, but I've had some major things spoiled for me. Nightshade fans also may love, but this is a new level even outside of the ideas of, of child brainwashing and mass murder that occur in that game. This game kind of takes some themes like that and goes all the way with it. Um... Finally, Chunodoku, Butterfly's Poison Blood Chains. This is one of my favorite all-time Atome games. Also build as R18 Atome for mature content. If the heartache and sadness and pain of Chunodoku was not too much for you and the payoff is worth it, I think you can play this one. And if any of these are your fave games, this game may not be too much for you, but it's still going to shock you even after I built it up this much, which is weird to say. Almost done here. Let the above serve as my general (laughs) trigger warnings for this game. This game is famous AF. We've got so many blogs with trigger warnings broken down by route for this game, even before it was localized because players were playing it in Japanese because they wanted to see what all the fuss is about. Visit them if you want that. There's no need for me to provide that here, especially when I consider that you do have to play all the routes of this game to finish the game. So while I appreciate we're breaking down routes into different trigger warnings, um... I like the general vibe here. So here are a few other things that may make you want to avoid this game if you don't want to think about these concepts too much because we do go really deep with these concepts and we stay there. Suicide. I know we came cold out the gate here talking about how our player character literally has an attempted suicide as the opener to the game. But please keep in mind that after that scene ends, we're not done with that topic. (laughs) Whether it's us or other characters, please know that pretty much in every route, someone is going to want to die and we're going to have to talk to them about why they feel that way whether they should do it or not. Sometimes it's us, sometimes it's not. Domestic violence and other domestic abuse. i going to take a strategic sip of my soda there to recharge. As horrible as <laughs> wife-beating is, this game goes further than that. It's not just wife-beating. It's a higher, gorier, more permanently damaging, definitely horror game-level uh, abuse that we approach here. Uh, being subhuman, unlovable, and worthless. People outside of the Atome genre may think that's a really weird theme for the game, but it's not actually super weird for this, for this genre. Lots of Otome games go into this. Code Realize being the first to come to mind out of the most famous Otomes. But we really go all the way with the theme in the game. Uh, And not just us, but other characters. (coughs) Sorry, my throat is really itching me. So once again, those are just some of my general personal trigger warnings for the game. Um, One note, I want to say that you have to play the saddest worst endings first in each route to unlock the final routes. And the quote-unquote happy endings, which aren't actually happy and Either, in this case, by traditional definition, they're the best innings that this game has. (laughs) I'm so sorry. My throat is really messing me up. Just give me one second here.
0: It's Aki's fault somehow.
4: I was just going to blame it on onion ninjas. I totally wasn't paying attention. What's my fault now?
1: You know what you did.
4: You made my throat dry, Aki.
1: We need an artist to craft craft these onion ninjas. I want to see them.
3: Yeah, Aki makes a lot of things dry.
6: Wow. (laughs) That was that was
1: onion
3: ninjas.
6: My, my son, for you. <clears throat> you ever just get like a tickle in the back of your throat and it drives you crazy?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
6: Okay. Only
1: when I'm you're behind the
6: <laughs> Wow, <laughs> bringing it home. All right, but talking about the format just a bit more. The best endings this game has are only really bittersweet endings. Uh, anything could still happen. Maybe in the best endings, you and your love interests are still alive. Maybe you're not. Even harder, the first four routes, you have to play through them without getting to the best endings, and you have to just move on, knowing that you'll unlock the emotionally easier and happier-ish endings by completing the game much later. At first, I didn't think this would be cohesive for me or really work for my style of play, but I'm going to tell you to trust the process here, and I like how they did this. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't sold on the first two routes of whether all the heartache and disturbing shit this game was doing and nightmarishly intense content would be worth the payoff for me or whatever. I, I told myself I, I'm going to 100% this game. I asked for this game. I want to see what happens. Um, By the time I was done with my third route in this game, which for me was Shion, I was sold. I knew this was going to be a 100% buy it for me. Even before finishing this, I knew I was going to beg friends to play this game. Then I did my fourth route. This game has six routes, six-ish routes, and I felt that uh, I felt that way times two. I, I loved it even more. And I'm going to be buying the two most important people in the world to me, my partner and my favorite friend, uh, this game, because it is so, it's such an important game to me now after playing that, even after all the heartache. And I think it gives a particular brand of recognition to some mental health issues I just feel like aren't really touched on in other media. And I think it's really... I think it's really pretty, uh, and I think I'm ready to go under rating now.
0: Oh well, the game clocks in at forty nine ninety nine. What are your thoughts on this one?
6: I know I've been all over the place with this one, but you know, a lot of the time I rate games. I just ask myself, was this game fun or not? Um, if you're familiar with the reputation of this game, which does precede it, you already know this game is not necessarily going to be fun. Um, <laughs> so, is it a fun game? I would have to ask. Answer that question with another question and ask, are you goth? Are you really, really, really goth? (laughs) How much do you
3: love Hot Topic?
6: How much do you love Top Topic? Because I thought I was a goth. It's in my screen name. And then I played this game and... It's, uh, it's a lot. So yeah, if the content <laughs> isn't too dark, mature, or disturbing for you, please, please play this game. It's wonderful. It's a masterpiece. I do think it's worth it. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful game. I also think it's really romantic and wonderful, even though it's it's also very tragic and things don't always work out for you and the love interest. I think it, I wouldn't normally like that sort of thing that this game makes me like. I think that's pretty powerful. I both love and hate that you have to play the despair endings first to get to the better, more bittersweet endings. Because I think no matter who you are, the Evis route, is just one of the top three best routes in Otome that was ever was. And I wish I could recommend everyone to play this game so everyone could experience that character and story because I think it's just the top of the genre. I think it's some of the best of the best. So selfishly, honestly, I really do hope if you're an Atome fan, if you love stuff like Even if Tempest, Code Royal Eyes, Nightshade, and darker stuff, if you're even a little in your heart of hearts goth, I really hope you play this game. But no matter if you play this game or not, please remember that I am extremely brave to have played this game all alone and reviewed it. I'm also really kind. I'm really kind and brave. I'm just Let's a really good person. <laughs> Thank you. And please, Atome. i looking for, Tome- him.
0: I'm looking for him. Finally. I didn't have the thing. I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
6: The air horns. Thank you. And please, Atome community who play this game, please, final note, DM me on Twitter if you need someone to talk to because I'm here for you and I need someone to talk to as well. Okay, end of review. Thank you.
3: <laughs> Good All job. Right. I'm proud of you, Dad.
6: Thank you so much. I'm not, but it means the world to me, my boy.
5: <laughs> my boy. <laughs> well, from one family <laughs> member to another. Kind It kind of makes me uh, think of another Idea Factory release, and that's Death End Request. I think Purnell would agree with oh, me on that. Yeah. Oh,
6: yes. I haven't even heard of that. You want to
5: talk about... Yeah, well, you were a, talking about
1: games that are gory. Chris yeah, can tell you about this.
5: Yeah, Compile Heart and Idea Factory. It's... Um, one of their like, uh, it's an RPG, like a JRPG, but it's like in the style of like a Fairy Fencer F, Advent Dark Force, or um, you know, some other stuff they've done. I guess the uh, uh, Mugen Souls and stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's real grim, dark, and it's it's got that goth thing, and it's got a lot of gore, and there's you know, uh, domestic violence and suicide and all that other good stuff um, all over it. So, but except hey, that I it's... Can... Except that, it's not, well, it, it has visual novel aspects, but it is at its heart. I would say, I would say it's both.
1: Like, it was a weird attempt at fusing the two genres because they split the game into halves where, like, you're in the RPG and you're playing the RPG game, but every once in a while you to come out of the RPG, and all the narrative beats are done by way of visual novel, including uh, the whole dark endings and the alternate routes that you can go back and get all the bad endings and stuff like that. Like, I wouldn't played- go so far as to say it is oh, like what, what Brooke plays, like to the letter, but they were definitely yeah. like trying to fuse the two genres into one game.
5: Yeah, and um, ah, I can't, I can't remember if it was this one or Mary Skelter, or which one was it that had like kind of a dating sim in it too. Was that that was that just was Mary, probably Skelter, Mary Skelter? Right? Okay, yeah, because you wait? There was more. no
1: room to date, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mary, yeah,
5: yeah, true, true, yeah. Um, no, Mary Skelter is just goofy, like, that's the hot topic goth, like, type of aesthetic <laughs> thing. That's oh, yeah, the silly, whole idea of like, some, how do you that's just some silly Billy stuff?
1: How do you pop your characters, splash blood on them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how do you charge up and get blood on them, lick no. the blood off to get more power? Yeah, than we- exactly.
0: Well, anyway, very we're you shift gears very, very from unhygenic. goth to space. Next game to talk about nice. is Alpha Particle. Developed by Function Unknown, published by East Asia Soft, released November 1st on Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, PS4, PS5 for $9.99. Take the role of a defenseless energy particle and travel between space stations as you search for answers. In this 2.5D side-scrolling action adventure, your only objective is to overcome obstacles creatively and forge ahead, always hoping that the truth of your purpose will be revealed through experience. Jacob, have you uh, revealed the truth of your purpose?
3: No, no, I I have not. And I'm annoyed. (sighs) I'm I'm annoyed with this game. Um, So Alpha Particle is this game where you start off as this little teeny tiny particle thing. And you're told, hey, you don't really have like, you know, much of a purpose other than to become an alpha particle. But I'm not going to tell you how to do that. So I hope you like dying a lot. Now, the game doesn't tell you that, but you're going to quickly figure that one out as coincidentally, you start dying a lot and you (laughs) have to restart. And um, the game really just it's just like, okay, here's your basic movements. And it's like, oh, good. Here's a tutorial. This must like surely this will be helpful and teach me what I need to know. No, it will not. It teaches you how to use a boost that doesn't always seem to work. Um, And, like, it teaches you that, like, sometimes you're going to have to solve uh, puzzles, like, which are going to be on almost every screen, uh, that involve making something else chase you until like you let it fall into a trap and then somehow that gets powered up lets you move on to the next thing but is it going to teach you that no you're going to need to die like 10 times before you figure that out and then figure out all the timing and then you're going to and then you're going to end up with the same damn puzzle like two screens later and have to do it all over again and meanwhile the restart button is to hold the start button to this game and yeah like it's what seems like it should be like a potentially interesting and mystifying uh like I don't even know how to like what I like I don't even know what kind like what cuz it's like a 2D walking simulator with with particle puzzles that don't explain itself. And you end up having to watch a YouTube video to figure out what the hell you're <laughs> supposed to do next, because the game doesn't tell you jack shit. Um, and at first, honestly, like last week, uh, cause originally I was supposed to review this on Thursday and I was just like, you know what? I, like the only times I've been playing this game, I've been above the influence and, you know, maybe I just need to like be sober. And just play it and not like i'll you know i'm just dumb like i'll just i'll get a hang of it when i'm sober no nope not happening and it's just like i I could understand the appeal of this game like you know like the people who enjoy the challenge and like just want to like you know figure everything out themselves but for, honestly, for the average person, like the amount of, or the lack of hand-holding, I should say, the lack of hand-holding and the lack of explanations for whatever the hell is supposed to be going on in this game, it's it's just too damn frustrating. And this is on the easy mode too. Like that's the, th- that's like, that's the part that blows, <laughs> that blows my mind. Like easy mode is supposed to like, Uh, you know, infinite regens, which of course, thank God with this, but also it's supposed to be, you know, the enemies are supposed to be easier and it's supposed to be an easier time for you. If it is, I don't, I don't know. I was, I was just frustrated the whole time with it. Um, And this isn't even a game where I'm just like, Oh, maybe it's better with like keyboard and mouse. I, I honestly doubt it. It probably just plays the same.
0: This is one of those games where like I'm I'm looking at the store and I'm trying to get an idea of where you're coming from through the screenshots and I don't know what the hell I'm looking at with this game. Like it it seems so obtuse and like I the fact that you're saying they don't they don't have any kind of explanations or any kind of stuff like that, it worries me about how approachable something like this really is.
3: It's not. That's the thing. Like you, you just have to be ready to die constantly. Be it's okay with error. it. And yeah, you have to be okay with a ton of trial and error in this. Because also, I mean, like you'll encounter one screen where you can just move all over the damn screen, and then the next one, even though it looks similar, you're only allowed to move in like a certain path. Hmm. And it's just and there's like no rhyme or reason to like what the game is telling, like what the game tells you you can and cannot move to. Yeah. No. I I was disappointed with this one. I mean,
0: yeah. Have any any people, other thoughts? What would you What would you do to improve it?
3: I, honestly, I'd take more time to explain what's going on, and like, and I realize that that kind of messes with the narrative because you know the game the game's own narrative is just like, yeah, you're supposed to become an alpha particle, but we like, you know, uh. you need to figure out your purpose yourself.
5: Like, can can I offer a solution? Sure. Okay, so on the NES, uh, Koei came out with these like uh, strategy games based on like wars, like you know the Napoleonic Wars and like wars in ancient China and stuff, like Shingen the Ruler and Romance of the Three Kingdoms, etc. Um, what they did is they actually printed the instructions on the label on the cartridge, so that you can never be without the instructions on how to play the game because it's so <laughs> obtuse that you could never figure it out just popping it in and playing it. So, I just thought that was very funny. And I was like, this game could use that, <laughs> even though it's digital. I was going to say, uh, my copy's digital, so... Yeah, um... <laughs> just put it on I the don't... title screen or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it clocks in at nine ninety is actually on sale for the next week for seven ninety nine. What are your thoughts?
3: At best, it's a try it. Like, I, I'd honestly suggest going to look up, like, a YouTube, like, Let's Play or like, a complete run, uh, and just seeing what you think of, like, what you're watching. Um,
0: yeah, it seems like this is something hard to put into words, but in, in motion it would make more sense. Maybe. Theoretically. But also,
3: also, I think, uh, also, I think it would, you know, give people a better hang on, like, as to what the actual gameplay yeah. uh, for this game is, because it's... It's confusing. And unfortunately for me, I, I did not have, like, I didn't have it really any fun with it.
0: Bummer. Oh, well, uh, Jacob, that is it for you. We'll let you get going so you can get back to your family and all that fun stuff. You're yeah. Doing Dreamlight Valley.
3: Night. Yeah, we know the real thing I'm doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dreamlight Valley with the family. Make it a family <laughs> affair.
3: Well, no, multiplayer doesn't launch till like next year, I think. So oh, well, there you go. And even then
1: I'm not letting my fucking kids destroy my uh my little alley. <laughs> Damn, you don't even have faith in them to take care of your plants.
3: Have you met my kids? No.
1: That is a good that's have... a good point. <laughs> Actually, a good I, have point. <laughs> I have not met your children.
3: Yeah, no, like I, my, my youngest constantly destroys everyone else's islands on um, uh Animal Crossing. Oh I, like I, Yeah I, I, oh, go ahead. Uh, he, if you have trees, he will cut them down. Like he I just don't even will. the
1: wood. I just want to chop them.
3: Yeah, no, he just enjoys being a dick.
1: <laughs> Is he George oh, man. Washington? Gotta <laughs> <laughs> get my wooden teeth.
5: No, well, Lord. the never mind. Um, I was just gonna say I haven't met most of my friends' kids, and actually, one of my oldest friends. Uh, has two kids, and his daughter is in high school, and I've still not met them. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh, so, you yeah, know, I'm pretty bad about that. And even worse now. I have a yeah. sister
0: with a child. I have yet to meet the child, because she lives in Tennessee, and it's been, I want to say he's like eight now. Wow. It's been a long time. Deanna, if you're listening to this, I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's not (laughs) i know she's not she did buy a shirt though so thanks yeah thanks just
3: on the off chance that you are listening we appreciate you (laughs) jacob do you have any final words
0: before we let you go Mm, no i really got
3: yeah i really got nothing uh
2: that sounds normal anyways moving on
1: okay well if you had to say one thing that would make people want to play Dreamlight Valley, what is it? There's your final words. Aki's not there. <laughs> Damn. Those, those <laughs> are good words. Wait,
6: I know this one. I've never played Disney Dreamlight Valley, but I know that there is a rabbit you can run into twice a day that has uh, half of an orange face and has half of a black face, and it looks a lot like my pet. So, nice. We're not. You know, I don't know why so I said briskets that. briskets in
0: mute. Disney Dreamlight Valley.
6: Yeah, literally uh, one of my friends was like... Here's a picture of your son. He's in this game. And I was like, <laughs> I might play this game now.
5: Yes. Your See? other son. No, besides, hang out. Oh, yeah. Besides you. My
6: eldest son.
5: Both <laughs> of your sons. Can I be was going to say,
6: my
3: once, once multiplayer comes, and, uh you could play with both of your sons.
6: That would be amazing. Wow. But I don't want my sons to hate each other. Because I'll tell you, this other little one's not very good at games. I hate to say.
3: no nah, it, it's cool. I'll, I'll just feed. I'll just feed uh, brisket some uh, some carrots. It'll be cool.
6: Thank you, dude. No problem. Do-do-do-do.
3: All right. Have a good night, everyone.
6: Night See you night later, later.
0: Next game to talk about Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1, developed and published by Konami, who provided the key for this coverage. Released October 24th on Xbox Series X and S, PS5, Switch, and PC for $59.99. The Origin of Stealth Action Returns. Aki, what is in this package?
2: A lot. So, so much. Um, So, first off, there's obviously Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3. But there's also Metal Gear 1 and 2. And there's two different versions of both of those. There's the uh, Famicom versions, which don't have achievements. They're included as a bonus pack, more or less. And included in that is also a few uh, comic books uh, that you can also download that are pretty hefty in size. Um, And then the MSX version, which has achievements to them. Which are very easy to go get, have fun. Um, <laughs> in the Metal Gear series, you play as I believe Solid Snake, um, also known as Boss, and it's confusing. Stung. The
0: timeline is very yeah. confusing, like even if you've played all f- five games plus the side stories, I know it jumps around a lot, and i I have a hard time following a lot of it.
2: Yeah, I, yeah I've played Solid all of Snake them, is but the lead. and I still can't tell you what the fuck's going on. Because <laughs> um, you play as like three different fucking people throughout the series. So it's very comp, and they all look the exact same. So it's very complicated. Um, but yeah, so uh, in the first two games, you're basically trying to stop uh, Metal Gears, which are these gigantic machines that are made specifically to be bipedal so they can walk around over mountains and all this other stuff but also have the ability to fire nukes at people because fuck the other countries. If they decide to nuke you, you can nuke them from anywhere. That's the point. Um, so they can't be just, attacked because they're constantly moving. Ha-ha.
5: Just asking for Godzilla to come by and stomp them.
2: <laughs> exactly. I really would like that to happen in one of these. That'd be fucking oh, god, awesome. I would I'd be, love
5: to fight against Godzilla. I would uh, instantly be like a, the biggest Metal Gear Solid fanboy.
2: Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, you're trying to destroy these things because in all of them, they shouldn't exist because they're dangerous because they are walking nukes. Uh, so you're, you, these are old, old games. Obviously they're all top yeah, Metal, down. Metal, Metal you Gear
0: Solid on. 1 was from the original PlayStation. Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 are both from PS2 era.
2: Yep. And the others how, are how MSX, well. So. How well over-
0: were they up res? The ha- like did did they spru- spruce up the graphics at all? Did they meddle with the controls? Uh did did you play them originally on PlayStation?
2: I did not play the originals. The only ones I played were in the HD collection mm. back on the 360? Yep. I think it was. Um that's the only time I've played them. Um uh, and Graphically, they haven't... I think they've been increased graphically a little bit just so they look okay on current TVs, but they haven't really updated the graphics. Like, how it looked back then is how it looks now, except for, I think, maybe the colors are a little better and it's made to be played on current screens instead of (laughs) ancient fucking screens. That's it. Um, They have updated all of the uh, buttons. Um and obviously the uh, manuals and stuff, so you know how to use said buttons. Um, the really weird thing is anytime you go to play any of these for the first time, it makes you sign uh, agree to something, and then it opens your browser on your console, so you can weird. read this gigantic long agreement thing before you can hit accept, instead of just letting us hit ex- accept, as though there's anything to accept.
5: It It makes you accept that uh, Norman Reedus is the greatest actor alive. <laughs> that's that's a very I'm deep cut that. joke. <laughs> you
2: know, I'd be okay with that. I like Norman Reedus. He's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, so... <laughs> uh, the, the first two games, Metal Gear 1 2, are both ancient. Anytime you leave a screen and come back to it, enemies reappear. They're not particularly long. You can be both of them in a day. Maybe one each day depends on how much. Those are
0: barely part of the package. The meat of this is obviously a solid game. The Metal Gear Solid title.
2: Yeah. I I think the big part of this is Metal Gear Solid one. Because in the HD collection for Xbox 360, one didn't come with it. Yeah. I don't think. So So this is a brand new experience for everybody who didn't play the original. Um and yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, it has some difficult achievements in it. Uh, be prepared for that for all the Metal Gear Solid, all three of the Metal Gear Solid parts of this game. Uh, they all have achievements that good fucking luck, because I'm never getting them. Um, <laughs> one, one of the worst ones is actually in uh, what I think is the worst uh, game in this package is Metal Gear Solid 2. I don't think it plays the quite the way it should. Because um, in this, that's the... Uh, You get to go into first person to aim your gun and stuff really effectively. It's kind of a requirement for that game. You get your stealth knockout pistol finally, which is the best gun ever. And uh, sometimes when you go to hold up enemies, they just get alerted, turn around, and kick the shit out of you. Instead of uh, putting their hands up like they're supposed to do. So that's great. Um, Otherwise, it plays fairly normal. I did not get too, too far into it because... um, it's just the hardest game in the series, period. It always has been. Um, it's split in between two parts, one of them where you play as Snake and the other part where you play as another douchebag that no one likes. Uh, and in that <laughs> Until part- Until he got his
0: own side story, then, then people loved him.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Re, uh, Revengeance, yep. I think is what it was called. Yeah, then everyone likes him because he's actually cool in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But the the first boss in that is against a guy called Fat Guy. And lots of people, that is where the wall is. Once you hit that, you either are able to pass it or you don't continue the game ever. Um, and that's where my wall is. I've never been able to beat that first major boss. Uh, so I didn't get very far into that game. I didn't get very far into it in the HD collection. And that didn't change now either. So yay! <laughs> Fuck my life. Um, and then three. Three is great um it has some graphical bugs occasionally where things just don't seem to load in correctly or they load in weird things that don't exist um otherwise it's really good uh three is the in my opinion the best one but it's also my favorite one so i'm totally biased uh and yeah um if you've played the hd collection most of the achievements are going to be familiar to you because a majority of the achievements are the same uh and then you get the achievements where you have to get specific code names, which uh, are the code names that you get when you play it on some of the hardest difficulties very quickly without killing anyone, without taking very much damage, without using any healing, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which are half impossible. So go have fun, folks. Um, Gee, <laughs> you can guess which ones I ain't ever going to fucking get. Uh, the
0: hard ones.
2: Yeah, those are re- cuz they're ridiculous. Like here here's for the first game. The first game I might be able to get it cuz you can use stuff like your stealth suit which makes gives you perfect camouflage, makes you completely invisible and stuff. It requires you to beat it in under 3 hours, only using one ration, which is one healing thing, no more than that. You can't kill more than I think 20 something people. And yeah, and you have to play it on the second hardest difficulty or the hardest difficulty. Have fun. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's very similar for MGS 2 and 3 Um, that is something people are still trying to figure out because uh, there weren't achievements for doing shit like that in the prior games Um, so yeah Uh, I thoroughly enjoy these games, these are really fun I I really like them Um, I, I think it still needs a little bit more tweaking just to get everything working quite right but overall I think it's really good and it works really well
0: well, we gotta discuss pricing because you could buy them individually, or you could buy them as a bundle. Uh, Metal Gear Solid One comes with Metal Gear Solid as well as uh, the MSX versions of Metal Gear and Metal Gear Two for twenty bucks. Metal Gear Solid Two is twenty bucks. Metal Gear Solid Three is twenty bucks. Or if you buy the bundle for sixty, you also get the bonus content with the the digital soundtrack the the graphic novels, and the NES games. So, is it worth picking up individual titles for 20 bucks each, or should you just get the whole package, or should you hold off completely? What are your thoughts on this?
2: If you're not interested in some of these, definitely buy them piecemeal. Uh, but if you're like, I want all these, you might as well just get the full thing so you can get the soundtrack, because it is nice. And those graphic novels are really good. I think the two Famicom versions of, of the prior games are kind of crap, but that's a personal <laughs> opinion, and there's no achievements for them, which makes me care even less about them. Oh, boo uh, Well, they're, they're also not optimized <laughs> for proper controllers, uh, no. so it's kind of just an irritation to play them. Um, so if, if you're like, I only want this one, just get that one. If you want them all, might as well buy the entire thing and get a little bit extra, because uh, the graphic novels were really good. I really enjoyed them. They were really nice, and, and the soundtrack is fantastic. So, yeah, I, I think if you want them all, get them all. If you only want one of them, just buy it, because they're definitely worth $20. bucks.
0: All right, sounds good. Moving on, next game to talk about, My Time at Sandrock, developed by Pathia Games, published by Pathia Games Focus Entertainment and PM Studios, released November 2nd on Xbox One, Series X and S, Switch, PS5, and PC for $39.99. Travel to the desert community of Sandrock and take on the role of a fledgling builder. Use your trusty tool set to gather resources, construct machines, and turn your rundown workshop into a well-oiled production facility to save the town from the jaws of economic ruin. Brooke, that sounds like my life, being an economic ruin. How is the game?
6: It's it's pretty cool. I got to say, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, Let's start with setting. This game honestly has a really cool setting. A love me a good post-apocalyptic yet cozy game yet world exploration game yet romance game this game's kind of got it all uh and I was worried it wouldn't deliver I think in most ways it does there's lots to do there's so many things to craft there's battling dungeon diving it's so involved um, I think it's actually so involved and crafty and grindy that some people may think that the game stops being as accessible to people who are normally looking for a cozy romance life life sim experience I want to argue to anybody listening to this who's thinking that I think this game's worth a shot, um, even if you're scared of that. I think it's I think I think it's worth a try. I think, uh, like Jacob was saying earlier in his review, at the very worst, I would I would watch some let's plays to see if it's your thing because I think if it is your thing, you could sink a lot of time into this. I think this game's going to be pretty big um i think this is a true open world farming and life sim game i can't really say that about many other games i can say that technically about Fay farm uh and i think that was a great game too we reviewed that not too long ago i think this game is a lot bigger and deeper than that game and i honestly didn't think it could be done it's mm-hmm. not fallout uh it's not witcher 3 but for a farmy life sim game it's close Uh and that's kinda crazy to say. I think it's closer than other games have gotten. But yeah, navigating a 3D world with a sense of joystick with the freedoms to select anything on the screen and can turn on a dime, the kind of game that is designed with a mouse in mind first. Uh not everyone wanting a cozy, farmy, life sim experience is gonna be down with that. Uh not everybody is gonna like the sensitive controls, uh, but I think that I think that it with this game it's worth it and it's pretty legit. Lots of things to like here. I'm going to run through them. There are 21 romance options. That's pretty cool. And by the time you're done meeting them and the other 30 townspeople you meet in the first town, there's just so many characters. They're all voiced. You're going to be like, what? This is a diverse AF cast. This is really serious. (laughs) You're going to be like, has this been done before? Like, I, I really appreciate what they're doing with the cast here, and I don't want to even give you very many spoilers for the characters, but I think they're really cool. You can also rum who so you want this game. You pick pronouns as well in the beginning. That's great. We have a lot of uh, character creation options here. All the characters look great. The graphics all around, to be honest, this game is doing well. I'm going to touch on that a bit more in a minute, uh, but the character creation is so good. It's very involved. It's one of the most detailed character creators for a farming or life scene I've ever seen. Outside of you, we've got fun characters. We've got really cool NPCs worth building relationships with. The voice acting is clearly uh, high budget. They paid a lot of money for it. Uh, Sometimes I wish they hadn't, but I'll finish that thought in rating uh, because I do wish very badly a couple of the people would go away. But yeah, we've got (laughs) twenty. 21 romance NPCs, very inclusive with character creation, and I really respect what they did with it. I'm always going to hand it to games if they try to do that, because I appreciate the game, but I feel this game delivers on it, and I know a lot of people listening, that's what they want to know. I think this part of the game is very fleshed out when it comes to romance, when it comes to social simulation. I don't think that's the main thing the game is bringing, but I think it's fair enough to say that that's an equal main component that you're going for when you play this. Um... I think that's very fleshed out. I would recommend this to people who like relationship-building sims. If you're familiar with my reviews, you know I basically never recommend relationship builder players, people who only play like Otome and romance visual novels, <laughs> to come play one of these big farming games and expect to be satisfied in that aspect. Heck, I've talked to tons of Otome players into playing one of my favorite games of all time, Stardew Valley. I have over 2,000 hours in that game, Easy. It's an incredible game, but a lot of romance game players just can't get into it because it's a not big enough part of the game. It's mostly a farm grind. It's mostly like a cozy pixel experience with lots of resource management management. management and time management and i respect that but yeah if you're into other parts of this game that you will grind on enough to get to the social parts in this game my time at sandrock hey i think they're worth it and i think it's a fair sacrifice even if you're not in love with the fighting in this game which i think is quite good and seamless uh i I think it's worth it to get into this sort of thing family life too you can get married you can have kids you don't have to which i respect is a really good fleshed out option if you want it you don't have to to do it in order to get through the actual game, unlike some farming games we've reviewed this, this year that don't even let you get into the third act without getting married quickly. You're not going to name any names, but they're out there. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about what else this game does super well before we wrap up and go into a rating. The art and the exploration. Gorgeous game to explore, especially considering... The fact that it is in the post-apocalyptic desert setting, it's still so beautiful. Sometimes you will climb to a really high vantage point and you'll look around and everything you see is so vast. And you're like, man, could I go over there one day? And I'm delighted to say if you play the crap out of this game, you can go to most of those places you see in the far off distance. And that is really cool. Um, in fact, for me, that's one of my favorite parts of games in general. As much as I love the romance and social sims, my very favorite games are the big open world Exploration games like the Zelda games, Witcher, I loved Skyrim, I love the Fallout games. Uh, When I'm looking out on the mountains in any of those games and I'm like, dang, I could go to all these places one day if I spend enough time. Hot dog. I spend hundreds of hours in that kind of game just exploring the crap out of it. And I think the developers sent us this package and they were like, a lot of people will take 70 hours to complete the story. I want to say I think that's the low end. I think you can get a ton, a ton of playtime on this game. I think you could do multiple playthroughs, but I think most people are going to do one big, big honking playthrough for this one. Because it's so intense. So yeah, I, may think, I, I think this may be the only farming and life sim that even does this combo well. Um, and here's my dark secret. This game is a spiritual successor to uh, my time at Portia which I didn't love. I actually bought the game for PC and Switch. I'm going to be honest with you about why I didn't like it. I bought my time at Porsche, the predecessor to this game, because I was intrigued by this combo of open-world exploration taken on this subgenre. I love farming games. I love farming some games. I love the open world, but I didn't appreciate the combo. I've heard that the Switch release had a lot of issues too, but I found it to be kind of clunky, and I just didn't want to put enough time into it to get to the parts that I wanted to be in. I think this game is greatly, greatly built on the framework, like built upon the framework that they did with the first game. Um I didn't I didn't think it would work for this game because I've never experienced all that put together in this way. Actually, in fact, based on my on my feelings of Porsche, I was like, can this be done? Can we have a good relationship? Simulator game that like actually has an open world that we like to look at and interact with. And I wondered if the closest that we get is the game that we reviewed earlier this year, Story of Seasons for Xbox. Um And I know the other reviewers felt the same way about my time at Portion. A lot of people haven't given this a chance yet. This game was in beta for over a year, I think, and it's just now coming out. Um, I think they really did it. A few other features before we go into rating. They have a camera system in this game. Your pause menu has a tab for a photo book and a tab just for selfies. Need I say more? (laughs) There's also, even though... How many selfies did you take? You know, I took about 40 selfies, not gonna lie. Uh, ask me how many selfies I took in Elden Ring, though. It is like, <laughs> it's like 600. It's not good. Uh, I need to actually get a count on that. So this game is really vast. You may wa- If you do watch a, a Let's Play of it, you might be like, oh man, I don't want to control the joystick and do some 3D world just to have relationship simulator farm stuff going on even though the controls are sensitive and can be a little bit clunky which i understand they're still working on some performance issues for switch i did review this for switch um there is a step counter for how far you are from your chosen objective and what direction it is i usually don't like this for open world exploration games because i feel like it takes the fun out of it because it just lets us zone out and be like okay i'm 50 steps from old cletus who needs me to turn in this bale of hay i'm 500 steps from the hidden cavern with this game it works. I think it actually makes it really accessible, and I'm not bored because I feel like there's so much going on and so much to consider at each point that it, it, it doesn't take the fun out of the exploration for me. I'm going to stand by that. Um, Cozy gamers are going to be picking this up, and I think it's going to be a little much for some of them as far as just the heavy resource management and so much to do, but I think that's going to help a lot. Um, and finally, just like in Porsche, if this made you mad in that game, you can set something up to craft it on your craft table or assembly station, and it creates like. A ghost in the shell, if you will, of the item or machine that you are crafting. As you add the items in, the different items you add will appear until the thing is built. Um, I'm not even really sure why I hated that in Portia, but I really like it in this game. I think the idea has been achieved. So, yeah, if anything ticked you off about that game, if you give it a shot, I think this is actually this is actually worth a try. So I'm ready to go into official rating if, you, if I didn't already go all over the place and nice. kind of hint at it
0: clocks in at 39.99 what are your thoughts on my time at sandrock
6: um i think it's good i think that you should buy it i think there's a couple things you need to know they are working on some performance <laughs> enhancements for switch joe you sent me the update that they sent us a lot's been fixed a lot is less clunky um Not everything's figured out in in Switch yet. Some people think that the loading and just the open world clunkiness is here to stay. I think that these developers have showed that they're regularly updating the game a lot. I think if we look at some videos of how it was early in beta compared to how it is now, I do think that they have um, committed to giving us uh, a complete product that works well on Switch. Finally, I just want to say that... um, I see some reviews that are saying the game's too clunky, it's too buggy. Joe, even before you sent me that, uh, I think you showed me like an email they gave of... Yeah. ...that we wanted it. I I really thought that that was unfair. I think it's already a great game. I think it's already playable. I think it's great that the devs are working on it, but I would have given this a buy it if we hadn't had those updates, and I think the updates make it even better. I really hope that others don't get scared by reviewers saying, ah, this is crap on the Switch, because I really don't agree, and... I may or may not feel that way about the predecessor of the game, so I'm going to shoot you straight. When we do have technical difficulties with the game, sometimes I'll say stuff like, guys, please buy this, but no, it needs to be updated. That's not how I feel about this one, so I hope people give it a shot if it appeals to you at all. And finally, uh, because I forgot magically to touch on this in the actual review, one thing I want to say I love right before we wrap this up, this game has a story. Let me tell you, this—it's <laughs> the story is a really big part of this. I probably i didn't even get in 40 hours of this game, and they're estimating that it would take about 70 hours to complete it. Um, these devs are so confident in their story, and I believe it's going to pay off. I think the story's really good. Um, I'm really loving it, and I can't wait to see what happens. In the package they sent us to review this game, We happened to get it for Switch. If we'd been reviewing it for PC instead, they had a patch you could upload for uh, reviewers only where you could sort of experience the end of the game if you didn't have time to put the better part of a thousand hours into it in a month or so. Um, I think that speaks worlds to their confidence in the plot. Uh, And I'm kind of glad that I'm reviewing it for Switch and I didn't even have that option because I might have taken it upon myself to watch the end of it to let people know for the review, you know, how does it end? Um, I can't wait to see how it ends and I'm actually gonna be playing this for a while. So yeah, Very really cool. recommend this game.
0: All right. Well, Brooke, that is it for you. Are you gonna stick around and head in Lurk mode or are you gonna head out?
6: I'll stick around a little bit uh in stealth mode and support y'all silently. I might I might pop off at some point randomly, but I'll be here in spirit.
0: Sounds good. Thank uh, you for having uh moving me. on. Next game to talk about, the Talos Principle 2, developed by Crow Team, published by Devolver Digital. Yeah. Released November 2nd on Xbox Series X and S, PS5, and PC for $29.99. Talos Principle 2 is a thought-provoking first-person puzzle experience that greatly expands on the first game's philosophical themes and stunning environments with increasingly mind-bending challenges. Bree, tell us about your time with the Talos Principle 2, which blew me away in the fact that it needs like 73 gig to download.
4: Yeah, there That's was an update today that was like 30 gigs, and I was like, uh, what?
0: <laughs> That's a hearty game. It is a big game. Is it, it, is is it packed full of goodness?
4: It is. Um, first thing I want to say, though, is that this is a sequel, and while I have tried my best, uh, there are things I could say that might be vaguely spoilery, so you've been warned. I, I, I really tried hard to keep it tame. I also want to point out that this is a philosophical puzzle game made by the same team that made serious Sam. And that's maybe some like <laughs> dissonance right there. I was
5: going to say, yeah, I <laughs> crow, I totally know crow team because <laughs> of um, Sam.
4: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and this is a, uh, this is a sequel that took them uh, almost, uh, like nine, 10 years, I think since, since the original released, uh, to, to get around to doing. And, and this is no small feat, I think. Um, also, you got y'all get some some insight into my writing process. I actually titled my review notes today. It's called the roller coaster of intelligence. I'll explain that later. <laughs> um, I broke my notes down into four categories to try and make sense of it all. Uh, we have story puzzles, philosophy, and cats. I thought that was a good like <laughs> hook for later. But seriously, that's a category. It's a, it's a big theme. So let's talk about the story. Humanity is wiped out by a virus. The AI have survived. And we start out having to solve some puzzles in a simulation to prepare our vessel to earn our way into the new Jerusalem colony of other AI. This colony represents the last bastion of humanity's culture, philosophy, and science. And us robots, we're the humans now. They call themselves humans, but they're artificial intelligence designed by one of the last human scientists. And we are the final model, number 1000, from a plan set in motion by the original ai it's called the goal and she's called the founder um and it's taken over a thousand years to get to this point so like we're kind of a big deal as the final new human to be brought to life and so they start to to have this celebration um but before we can really get into it this crazy hologram thing who calls himself prometheus invites us to explore something different, something outside of New Jerusalem that we didn't think was possible, because as far as we knew, we're the last humans alive. So now we've got some decisions to make, but we're the new guy, and we don't have centuries of bias about the goal of the founders, so we're asked to go and investigate this message with with a team of people. Um, so... We first get to explore New Jerusalem and we find out that there's like a a bunch of characters to talk to. We have living, breathing NPCs walking around doing their things, all voice acted. There's a social media site that everyone's connected to. We aren't alone, which is very different from the first game. There's NPCs to interact with that have different character trees, like I mentioned the voice acting. um, As opposed to just reading terminals like in the first game. And there's still plenty to read on terminals, don't get me wrong. There's plenty to read in this game if that was a draw for you. Um, but, um, it is, there's so much more interactivity with the other characters. And quickly, we find out, uh, things like the founder is missing. Um, let's see, kind of some quirky things about, um, there's a thousand different humans and they, they, some of them go by their numbers. Some of them have names and they've named themselves after like biblical people or mythological characters were um, famous poets and scientists uh, because they really revere the culture of their ancestors. But uh, then we find out like yeah is maybe not the paradise that it's idealized to be. There's things being built that are amazing, but everything's breaking down faster than the infrastructure can handle. And uh, there's concern about building more things than are needed and what even any of that means our new humans are trying really hard not to repeat the mistakes of the organic humans that preceded them so after we learn all that we get to finally go on an expedition to the location of the strange hologram message and we find actual real puzzles in the world not just a simulation like we've all experienced in the past someone has taken the time out in the world to build crazy immense things and obviously we are less alone than we thought we were um and once we get out of the city it feels like we're in this just living breathing world with birds and frogs and deer and cats in the wild and there's you want to know what files. makes me feel
0: good like with butterflies and bees and joy and happiness
6: what job? jordan
0: dropping a sub in, in chat so jordan Yay! thank you so God. much for dropping a sub. <laughs> Brooke, I know you love when oh I do. Oh
6: my god! <laughs> I actually really love it. I'm glad I was near my microphone.
4: <laughs> awesome, but yeah. Jordan, so thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jordan. But yeah, so it's not just like a sterile puzzle simulation that we're used to, because they someone has taken the time to build all these things in the real world, and. Um, Talking about sequels, I feel like sometimes there's a worry if you miss the first game, you couldn't play the second one. And they're obviously really deeply connected. But I feel like if you had to just choose to play one of them as your intro to the series, like you could play this. they You'd still be missing out a lot of really great story and philosophy and, and you know, just thought provoking stuff. But I feel like this game is set up to set you on the right track to enjoy it. And the writing is so much smoother and more cohesive than the first game Due in part to the fact that they hired some new writers from other games that had really good narratives, like The Swapper. Um, And um, there's just, there's so many open-ended commentary and questions that allow you to have a philosophical journey at a level appropriate for any player. Like, you can really get... Like, what you put in is what you're going to get out of it. If, if you just want to go and do the puzzles, you can just go and do the puzzles. If you want to really delve in and get more of the story, the philosophy, and the questions, like, you have the opportunity to interact with that at a level that's appropriate for you. Um, but obviously, we have to talk about puzzles because it's a puzzle game. And this is where I'm going to explain the roller coaster of intelligence um <laughs> basically there's this point where i'm like okay i'm starting out and i feel really really smart and then i I feel less smart and now i feel really 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 stupid why am i still alive how how can i even breathe like you oh, oh look I'm, really smart smart, though. I'm smart again i'm smart again oh that felt so good oh look i'm still smart oh no i'm not smart again oh, oh what did i do wrong so yeah that's that's roller coaster of intelligence it's a very very Common for this game, I feel. I'll tell you
0: the smart thing though. The smart thing is dropping a sub like apparently uh, Shitsu on, on you did. I see the Moobot notification, but nothing popped up on stream, so I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, oh, well, thank you to
4: all the subs.
0: Yes, thank you if you are dropping subs or anything in chat that for some reason is not showing up properly. Uh, hugs there to everyone for everything, uh, and hugs to you for your review. It's going swimmingly. <laughs> so, so back to the review.
4: Yeah, back <laughs> to the review. So talking about puzzle mechanics, um, I would say this is similar <laughs> to something like portal. You've got different power-up devices and loop. you've got to loop lasers through um, different portals or gravity-defying ways. It has some mislike qualities with beautiful vistas and curious structures that we're trying to find out what kind of people built them while we're solving puzzles. Um, like, to solve puzzles, you have a set of tools. Uh, you start out at the beginning of the game with um, stuff you're familiar with from the first game, and then there's some new things that they add. Um, so you have, you know, obstacles like height, pressure plates, displacement, or force fields that bar your entry. Um, and then your primary tools are things like blocks and fans that help move you up or, you know, you put on a pressure plate. You've got jammers to remove force fields. Um, you know, all stuff we're familiar with, and then we start to play more and more with the lasers and different colors and how to transmute them, and it, then we get into gravity and movement and, whew, mind-bending. Um, uh, in the original game, there was, like, tetramino puzzles that you use to unlock gates to different sections. They've changed how the tetraminos work, or Tetraminos. I don't know how you're supposed to say that. Um but um you know te- tetris blocks yeah. and now you you earn them from doing different puzzles and then you use them to create bridges under your feet which is kind of i i have to say like it for anyone who gets that like i'm not afraid of heights or anything but you get that like flip flop in your stomach like when you when you see like that is a big part of this game for me And, and it's, you're, you're walking over this giant chasm and you have to build this bridge. You're going to die, but you're, you know, you're, you're putting out these invisible puzzle blocks that are going to somehow become material. Cool. That works. Yep.
0: Um, oh my God, I could just imagine that in VR.
4: (laughs) Oh my gosh. In VR, that would be so amazing. Like this game would be amazing in VR. It would be massive, but it would be amazing um there's also tons of things to find in terms of research logs human artifacts they're 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 like you just wander out into the environment and you'll find ancient weird things like a tank that's half embedded in the ground and rusted that's obviously like more than a thousand years old um there's extra there's these statues in the world that are a, a puzzle of a, to themselves and you have to really think outside the box for some of the the statue types to work with other puzzles it's there's so much to do that isn't even the main game that is you know add-on content that is part of the bigger picture uh, the bigger puzzle of all of this um and then you earn things from solving some of those puzzles like sparks and stars that lead up to other puzzles and help you solve puzzles if you are struggling because this is like the big deal i would say about this game is that it felt so much more accessible than the first one the puzzles are designed in such a way that you go through a section of puzzles and instead of the difficulty being like easy for the first like 10 12 hours of the game it's like you have a little bit of easy and a little bit hard and it, it has like a nice curve to it In the original game it was like easy for 10 hours and then it was like medium hard and then it was like fucking impossible (laughs) so yeah and it and it was disappointing when you hit that wall and there was there were there was like a clue system but it was so like obtuse that it was not helpful and and you know kudos to those people that could figure all that stuff out completely on their own like I hit a wall and i I never actually finished like all of the stuff in the first game as much as I love to complete things like it just well that and it left game pass and it took a while for me to get a copy of it again. but um, you know like I got I got to a point where I could get to the main story and that was great. but yeah, some of those extra puzzles were just like utterly impossible to me. This felt like a better distribution. There's an off. If you can't solve the one puzzle, unless it's the very last puzzle in the section, like you can do the puzzles in whatever order you want. There's clues that you can earn by exploring the rest of the world. You're rewarded for exploration. You're rewarded for taking your time to solve it however you want. And the progression of like lessons of things like the first couple say there's like eight levels in each section approximately um in the primary game you like the first two levels serve as kind of a tutorial for the rest of them and then by the time you get to like level seven and eight those are the harder levels but if you've been paying attention and you've been solving it okay it shouldn't be too hard other than it's just going to take you some extra steps to get there and i just felt like it was so better designed in that regard And, you know, again, having the opportunity to just like, you know, I'm going to think on that puzzle in the back of my head and walk off and go try and solve this super cool statue thing instead, and then come back to this later, that that was just a really good way to approach it. Um, So philosophy is another really big thing in this that I want to hit on. Um, Seeking, you know, philosophy is just really seeking to understand the truths about ourselves and our connection to the world and there's you know morality and ethics and existential stuff that are all included in this. The game asks us primarily the question like what is it to be human? And alongside that we're doing a dance about AI versus organic human consciousness. And these AI robots seem so human. And that is really important to the emotional parts of the story, like for that to come across, like other things you might have to think about in you know we're in a world right now where AI is becoming more and more advanced and part of our lives. And, you know, we can, we can take that extra leap. We've got science fiction that already talks about AI and rights and these sorts of things. But what happens when an AI creates its own new life, its own AI outside of the design of humans? Um, if we look back on history, at what point... These are just, like, questions that the game addresses. Like, what point did, you know, why did humans do the things that they did knowing that they were dangerous and harmful? How can we avoid those same traps? Where does myth end and history begin? All of these AI are, like, centuries old, and they have generations in their own number. They they live forever, potentially, if they don't break their machinery. Um, they have a perspective of their own history, as well as... Their ancestors history and they get to live this whole huge span to see their own small group of people become a whole civilization and they're still living as a part of it like these are big concepts um, if population growth creates corruption in society and that infinite growth is infinite consumption is that always a recipe for disaster is the only meaningful purpose to bring about an end of purpose And there's just tons of discussions about morality and ethics throughout these conversations with characters and interactions with terminals. And it's really just brilliant writing. But again, what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So if uh, the depth of this is just too much for you, just have fun with the puzzles. (laughs) Now let's talk about cats. You can pet cats. (laughs) Cats are actually really important. Um, One of the conversations... That is discussed at the monument of cats. <laughs> um, they have a they have a monument for their pets that have passed, and I, I imagine that the dev team and other people that maybe were involved in backing the game uh, submitted different cats. And so there's you can just go through all these cat pictures, and it's like you know sad, but also there's this living monument to them. Um, but um, the the cats. The conversation is that when the humans died, you know, like, we domesticated dogs as humans. And cats, we, we joke, like, they domesticated themselves. They just they just decided, like, one day, like, oh, yeah, you're, you're, our, you're our humans now. Take care of us. And they were cute and fluffy. And we loved them, even though they were little terrorists. Um, <laughs> but, so, like, humans disappeared, and now... The dogs became feral and they became wild and they turned back into wolves because there was there was no one to keep them domesticated. And the cats eventually went feral and they went back into the wild. But then these new humans showed up and created a civilization. And the cats were like, "Hmm, these 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 are like humans. We can do this." And so they like re-domesticated themselves. And they they love cats. They love them so much. <laughs> um, our pilot Yakut, his cat is named Bruce, and he named it that after the lead singer of Iron Maiden bruce dickinson yeah and uh there's a in the social media there's a thread uh about the guy who is cat sitting his his cat bruce and how he's peeing on everything and and at first the conversation starts out like oh hey you know how do i handle this and then some helpful person's like oh well first you gotta get rid of the smell i I realized that you can only do that so well because we don't have you know the ability to smell, but trust me, that'll like stop the behavior. Also, have you looked into the behavior? Like, is he doing this because he's out of his own home? Is he afraid of something? You know, so this like whole like text conversation. And ultimately, the owner of the cat pipes back up. He's like, hey, if it's a problem, like there's totally a backup cat sitter. And the guy's like, no, I love your cat. They're magic and fluffy and I love all of the cats. And it's like, oh, yes, cats. So, you got tons and tons of cat stuff. Um, it's kind of a big deal in the game. And yes, there are cats wandering around. You can just like walk up and pet them and they're just lovely. And they love the the little robots. Um, Uh, So yeah, it it seemed
0: like you enjoyed this one.
4: (laughs) Yeah. It's well voice acted. The music is fabulous. The graphics are gorgeous. The overall storytelling was fantastic. Um, I felt like the puzzles difficulty and how it was laid out was more cohesive and excessive. Um, And it's so much bigger than the first game. Um, But you know, it's close enough to the first. It still feels new. So, yeah.
0: Well, it's twenty nine ninety is your verdict?
4: It's definitely a buy it. I mean, I feel like that was obvious from everything I just said. But, yeah. Um, just based I, on the
0: cats I, alone, yeah.
4: I, just based on the cats alone, right? But, um, no, even if you haven't played the first or you, you stumbled into the first one and you thought it was really cool but you just, like, couldn't hack it, try this one um, because I feel like you'll find this one much more accessible.
0: Cool. All right, next up, Air Twister, developed by YSnet, published by In-In Games, released November 10th on Xbox One, Series X, and S, Switch, PS4, PS5 for $24.99. Assume the role of Princess Arch and help defend her home world, Air, from a large scale invasion by Vanguard. Similar to Yu Suzuki's massively successful Space Harrier series, you will encounter a large array of diverse and creatively designed enemies and challenging bosses. But fear not, your wing and mounts and homing missile shooting crossbow won't fail you. Chris, what is going on in Air <laughs> Twister?
5: Uh, yeah, so Air Twister, this is a. Okay, sorry, I was just checking to see if my mic was still on. Yep. Um, excuse me so yes air (laughs) twister it's a um behind the shoulder on rails shooter um if you have played any old ass sega video games you probably do recognize this as uh as space harrier but um yu suzuki the creator of space harrier who also created this insists that it's not it's not space invade uh not a not a space harrier which is um i think pretty funny but it it Actually, you know, there are some things that definitely separated. Uh, and in fact, uh, it it does definitely carry notes of things like you know Panzer Dragoon in it for sure. Um, so you play as Princess Arch. You float around. Uh, like I said, then the um the camera is just you know behind you. Uh, you float around the screen and shoot at things. Uh, you also, oh yeah, of course, uh, Star Fox would be another example of of this kind of game. Uh, so that that'll get you. Uh, there as well um but yeah you basically shoot things or you hold down the button and that will uh, lock onto a certain amount of things and then you you know push the button again and then it will um zap them all for bonuses um these are these come in the form of stars and stars are uh, are what keep you coming back to this game this thing started off as a mobile game so uh you know at some point and uh and has only just recently been ported to consoles so this game has been around for for a little bit um and in that you know in that transition what it brought with it is the collectability um thing that you know we either love or hate depending i mean you know it definitely purposely triggers the addiction centers of our brains but also you know i feel like there's one can have a healthy relationship with that sort of thing Um, if one is not playing vampire survivors, but, um, (laughs) so yeah, uh, but here's the thing about the game is that here's what I appreciate about it. And this is, um, this is something that, that does happen sometimes where you can just kind of tell that, uh, somebody made a game, like somebody did a thing, honestly, because there's actually, there, there, um, parallels to this in other media that I can talk about or not. But uh, I like it when somebody creates something and it's very clear that they're just doing what they want to do. Like, it's yeah. it's not beholden to any kind of standard um, that I can measure it by, uh, besides my own experience. But, like, you can clearly tell that, that you know, Yu Suzuki was just like, here's what I want to do. I want to do the thing I'm good at, which is creating um, Space Harrier-style games. Um I want it to, to look like this and to have these kind of levels that are just make no sense whatsoever. Uh, the said mushrooms, pieces are very, mushrooms
0: everywhere.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's one stage. Uh, there's one stage that looks like uh, a Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland treatment um, or like an American McGee kind of thing, like a weird gothic, like castles floating on, on dirt clods, like kind of level. Uh, there's, you know. Uh, a watery level there's a desert level with flying skelly men uh, skeleton dinosaurs and stuff uh there's all kinds of stuff that happen in this game that's just absurd but very creative and very much like again just a a sense of like oh this is just somebody just just taking off like doing whatever they want uh the biggest indicator honestly and this is going to be <laughs> the second biggest elephant in the room uh we'll get to that in a minute but um the soundtrack is wild uh so the soundtrack is a uh, is by a dutch musician called valencia uh he is uh like a dutch rocker guy he's been around since like the late 90s uh he was contacted to create the soundtrack to this game he's never he had never made a soundtrack to a video game before so this is his his soundtrack debut for video games uh, because Yu Suzuki is just a big fan of his, <laughs> and so he just yeah. You know, I, I would have loved to see that email. Um, and yeah. So here's the thing about Valencia. Okay, um, I didn't know about him until today when I finally was like, I'm not gonna research this soundtrack because it is so bizarre. Um, most of the music in this game is a uh, multi-layered vocal rock pop music and 99% of that is basically sounds exactly like queen. Uh, it basically <laughs> has a queen soundtrack, but I'm not going to say it's like we have queen at home. Ha ha ha. You know, cause it's, I don't like queen. Here's the thing. Big shocker. It's not my favorite band. This guy blasphemy. is better. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's a blasting <laughs> game. So we can, we can do blasphemy all day. Uh, I like this guy more than I like Queen. I'm just going to say this Dutch musician. I I find his his little takes on on basically the you know another rendition of Bohemian Rhapsody to be if not more adventurous then at least uh, a little more explainable because he you know it's partially in Dutch or just the English translation is not complete. Um, it The songs are very, uh, they have nothing to do with video games. These are just pop songs that this guy that sounds like Queen decided to do. Uh, and then some songs he wrote. Um, like I said, though, most of the songs are just going to be vocals all up in your face. Uh, really searing lead guitar. Uh, you know, of course, in in a dual harmony and such. Um, just like Brian may like this guy definitely took his, his, you know, (laughs) he's, he is to queen what this is to space Harrier. I mean, you know, that's, uh, that's how that goes. But yeah, you will definitely, um, upon playing this, if you're not prepared for it, the soundtrack will definitely make you perk up and be like, what is this? (laughs) Uh, even in like the menu, it's just like this epic ballad. I think actually, he did a remix of his like chart like his actual song that like charted somewhere or something like that like his his most popular song is in here somewhere Uh, i didn't research it that thoroughly uh so yeah that's that's part of it so uh back to the game um like i said the the actual gameplay is going to be very familiar to you uh because like i said it's just moving around a screen uh shooting short shots or or locking on shots Fight some enemies, then fight a boss. Try to get some bonus level, uh, some bonus uh, currency in the form of stars, and then you spend those stars on a on an adventure map. Uh, it's literally called an adventure map. Uh, you go down this like you know just a board game style collection of like branching paths and things like that. Each step you unlock a new thing, which uh, can permanently increase your health for uh, for your loadout. Um, costume changes, of course special items that give you better defense occasionally and i do mean occasionally you'll even get a new weapon which is Mm -hmm. pretty cool yeah it doesn't happen often but when it does it's pretty pretty uh like you're actually like oh yeah okay now, now i'm in um and you know you can of course unlock bonus content of which there's a lot um Like I said, the equipment is... The only thing that really matters are the accessories and the weapons, but there's a lot of aesthetic choices in this game. Tons and tons of costumes and all kinds of colors. Um, They're unlocked for cheap. Uh, Having gone through about 10, maybe 15 uh, rounds of this game, I've unlocked quite the wardrobe. And uh, yeah, I think I've actually almost got all these question marks filled in, but still, I need those weapons. Uh, You can also pick up trial tickets, which... um, Can lead to more items. And uh, then there's a thing called the challenge mode, which is actually seven additional things that you can do. and I'll just go over them briefly. Uh, Stardust are some bonus levels um, y- you can do, I think, endlessly in waves. Arcade mode is the same game, but with five difficulty levels that you can scale up or down uh, from easy to normal to hard to hardest to one-hit death. Uh, so you can actually play perfection mode in this game if you so choose. Uh, and then... Um, so, okay. back. Oh, there's Tap Breaker, <laughs> which is an interesting one. It's just to where you uh you move the cursor around and and click it click the button on um numbers one through however many in order and they the 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 blocks spin around a lot and they're hard to read um but you have a certain amount of time to do it um this game has touch mode in the gameplay so you can like drag your finger around to move the character around you can tap to to shoot and things like that this tap breaker doesn't have touch screen (laughs) i have no idea why anyway Weird. <laughs> uh, then there's like boss rush, yeah. Then there's boss rush and turbo mode. We all know what those are. But um, so before you fight a boss in this game, one of the things that this does is it gives you animal pals that you can uh, that you can fly on to kind of raise your power uh, against these larger like kaiju sized bosses. Um, of course we all know the swan because that's like on all the pictures of the game. Uh, there's actually I think four animals in total. One of them is a gosh darn fish, which I really enjoy. It's just a flying billy billy big Mouth bass um <laughs> and one of them is fluffy who is a flying elephant we love fluffy um so there is a bonus game wherein you play it's it's called fluffy and when you play it you're riding the elephant and it's a side scrolling shmup except you don't have weapons you just dodge and pick up uh, currency and then you know try to rack up some bonus points that way. It's just a dodging simulator but it's side scrolling which is kind of interesting and uh you know it's pretty fun too. Uh there's again, you know, there's daily tasks, weekly tasks that you let you unlock even more stuff if you like, you know, play the main game 5 times, you know, clear all <laughs> weekly tasks, start the game up on 3 different days during the week. You know, like addiction center type stuff, like stuff to just keep you hooked. Um, you can ignore as much of this as you want. The game itself is very challenging. It's got twelve stages, which is actually really good for a shmup like this. I think that's even more than Panzer Dragoon at its best. Um, you know, and it does scale up in difficulty significantly at some point. So, like, this will definitely keep you busy just in the main game. But yeah, there is a ton of icing on uh on this queen cake. <laughs>
0: Well, it clocks in at 24.99. What are your thoughts on that?
5: Well, so um, eh, you know, that's a tough one. If I was just rating it by the game by itself, I would say it looks a little too mobile of a game, like it's not, you know, it's really pretty in its design, but it does still kind of look like a uh like a upscaled mobile game at times, especially when you start the game and your character texture like has to load in while you're moving <laughs> or if the your texture might disappear while you're actually um you know moving around too much, uh so you know it's got like some stuff that keeps it from like seeming like it should be as expensive as it is however the um the extra content in it is definitely gonna keep you you know playing it, so you'll get your money's worth out of it for sure. I think it's fun enough to warrant a purchase mostly. I think that it's a higher price because there's a physical version provided by um, I don't remember who it is. Uh, not limited run, but like the one I actually buy from, strictly limited, I think. Uh, uh, but it's only and it's only twenty nine ninety nine for the physical. It's coming out in December that way. So if I was to say go ahead and buy this, which I do, I would say, hey, why don't you pre order that physical? That way you have uh, an actual like physical thing there. But uh, you know, if you're not that interested in it, but you do like this kind of shooter, and you've already picked up like you know the Panzer Dragoon remaster and stuff, yeah, this is this is worth a shot. I think I again I love the brazen self indulgence of it all. Um, I definitely feel like this is made by a person who made exactly what he wanted to make and doesn't actually really care if you like it or not, <laughs> but he loves it, and I love that, and so I'm gonna give it a buy it.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, that is it for you. We'll let you get going. Okay. Do you have I, any I, any final thoughts, final words before we let you go for the night?
5: Um. Uh. Yeah. Take your allergy meds and hope y'all voted today. Even though it's <laughs> it's now it's now the next day. Yeah, a bit late for that, but I got
0: my voting in a couple weeks ago. I mailed it in. So nice.
5: I got my straight today.
0: Democrat motherfuckers. Yeah.
5: Well, mine wasn't, <laughs> mine wasn't any politicians. We were just voting for uh, proposals and stuff, but I mean, you could kind of see the, you could see the, the lines in some of them. So yeah, <laughs> we definitely voted that left line for sure. Good. Very good. Yeah. All right. Have a good one, Chris. Thanks. See y'all later. See ya.
0: Bye-bye. All right, next up, Alien Hominid Invasion, developed and published by The Behemoth, released November 1st on Xbox One, Series X, and S, Switch, and PC for 19 99 Alien Hominid is back. Old friends and bitter enemies await as you invade Earth alongside a mothership full of alien friends. Blast, beam, and bite your way through an endless swarm of enemies as you and up to three of your fellow hominids cause mayhem with a huge arsenal of weapons, mutations, and acrobatic maneuvers. Brunel, tell us about your time with Alien Hominid Invasion. Let me,
1: let me try. Oh God! <laughs> uh, you guys do these in, these back halves of the review sections? You are the real heroes, because God damn, um, <laughs> I warned um, everyone
0: it's going to be a long one.
1: <laughs> oh, it is! It is showing. But let me see what I can do here. Um, so, Alien Hominid Invasion is a sequel to. Uh old yet classic game, Alien Hominid, that started out on the classic Newgrounds website where people used to go to play tons of Flash the games, of um, my then got butthole. ported to a multitude of console releases like the GameCube. Remember the GameCube? I do. Hell it yeah. was great. And uh then Xbox 360, PS2, a wealth of consoles got it in that generation. And it actually is going to come up later in this episode. Yep. Um Got a, another game, new
0: release, game. and also big thanks to Candy Pants for dropping a raid in here with eleven people. Welcome in, everybody. We are chatting about Alien Hominid Invasion. And thank you Xbox. for having an awesome
1: name like Candy Pants.
0: Hell <laughs> yeah!
1: Great fucking um, Awesome. But this sequel is actually, they actually took a pretty light approach to it by stating that in the original alien hominid, when the alien ship gets shot down by the FBI, um, it sends an SOS signal out to the original alien vessel and they come to Earth to avenge that alien. And it somehow takes them 19 years to get here, um, <laughs> which is pretty much how they write the sequel in. Um, I love that they timed that, it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I really, I did too. I laughed pretty hard at that review. Um, but rather than make it a side-scrolling, you know, shooter, or side-scrolling shooter all out of the Contra games, they decide to make this a, I guess, wraparound shooter, uh roguelike game. And that rather than go from stage to stage in the traditional sense, you are instead tasked with going from node to node within a stage. And each node has a variety of features that might show up there or you know, obstacles that might show up there. And the map will kind of give you a general idea of some of these things. But for the most part, you will choose a node on the map starting from one point and you will go get beamed down onto the game proper and you are immediately tasked with fulfilling a multitude of, I guess, like missions that the game will impose upon you, such as, for example, a secure secret document. If you get the Secure Secret Documents mission, you'll be going back and forth, shooting as many agents as you can that happen to be carrying these documents. And there are a lot of agents, by the way. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, and then take them to a container that the game will kind of direct you to. Unload the documents. Boom, you fulfilled one mission. And then you'll have to fulfill a mul- some other missions, maybe up to like three. And at that point, you'll get your evac point to appear. You can leave the level. You can stick around and do a few more missions, maybe one or two more missions, with the reward being bonus money. But there's a reason why you might not want to do that. And that is because as you are down on the level, uh, enemies, FBI agents, and a multitude of machines powered by the FBI will start to attack you, with the intent being to subdue you. You don't die and want to hit like the previous alien hominid with, instead you having a life bar. So you might find yourself feeling a little cocky and brazen. I can stick around. I can take the heat. Whatever. Screw you. I can shoot. I can jump. I can double jump. I can jump on enemies' backs, and I can burrow and dodge roll. I got what it takes to stick around. Well, guess what, nuts? They anticipated that, and they decided to make it so that the longer you stick around on a level, the grander the heat becomes. More enemies show up. More enemy types show up. The bullets increase on the screen. The colorful bullets Increase on the screen, it gets to the point where in certain levels you don't even know where the hell you are anymore. There's just a cacophony of lights and sounds and blasts and booms, and you'll be lucky just to find out where the hell you are and where the exit is. And that's good kind word, of part cacophony. of both.
0: Of- I like that. That's a good one.
1: Hey, I dug it out of my back pocket. Um, bonus points, it's, part for of- that. <laughs> it's like the blessing and the boon. Or rather, the blessing and the curse of this game, in that some people might find themselves playing this game, going from node to node, taking out enemies and accomplishing the missions and going further in. I'll talk a little bit more about like one or two other node types in a minute. But um they might find themselves going, This is pretty awesome. This is chaos defined, and I like that. Uh other people might go, I like my chaos a little more controlled, and that I actually can see what the hell's going on. I like cause like thinking like Contra, for example, right? You play a Contra game. And for as crazy as those games can get, you always can feel like you're in control of the action. You know exactly what's going on because that's how they're designed. Um, So those are two schools of thought for people. Some might might like that and some might might not like that. And that will tell you right there where you feel about this. Um, The nodes can generally be like the basic wraparound, like I described before, where enemies will just show up and you'll get your missions. Other times you'll get uh, chase levels. Think Kid Chameleon or Decap Attack with a wall coming behind you. But in the case of this game, it'll be like a laser wall, and you will have to outrun the laser wall and eventually have to shoot down key, I guess like key nodes that are kind of flying around like key satellites. Think of it like that. Destroy them to get through segments that will impede your progress if you don't get through. And if the laser catches you, it's an instant death um so be careful of that but those are types of levels and there's also the uh the hideouts yeah the fat kid army is back just like in the first game and now they don't <laughs> just show up on stages they'll occasionally drop power-ups for you but they also run hideouts and when you get to the hideouts you can drop off loot that you might have acquired during some of the stages which unlocks different like accessories Such as, like, uh, hats that you can wear or heads that you can wear. The heads giving you various perks in addition to just looking freaking adorable and hilarious. Um, (laughs) You can also get different pigments, so different colors for the different aliens that you want to have. You want to have an orange alien, a fuchsia alien, a red alien, a cardinal alien, a salamander alien, another word for red alien. They got a bunch of those. (laughs) You'll be able to unlock them and bam, you'll wear those skins. Uh, You can also. In addition to the helmets just being cool, they also have, like, different perks to them and traits such as, like, a uh, regen increase or rate of fire increase or reload increase. There's a ton. There's a ridiculous number of modifier for these things. And there's also different guns you can unlock, too, whether it be from loot drops that you take to the hideout or you can purchase any of these things from the shop that's in the hideout itself using the money you acquire from the different stages. And, again... The guns themselves have different traits them just in their fire, like submachine guns, flamethrowers, spread guns, regular guns, megabuster type guns. But then those guns can have perks to themselves. So you'll have a spread shot that has, you know, you know, like a greater rate of fire or a spread gun that gives you regen or a spread gun that has like explosive damage or a spread gun that has extra firepower. There's a lot of mods in this game and they're all ranging from minuscule to holy cow. And you'll just kind of pick and choose as you see fit. And you'll unlock a bunch of the stuff as you play the game. There's actually a guide in the game where you can actually fill it in like a sticker book. to Just to say, did I find all these cool guns? Did I find all the cool enemies? Did I find all the cool mods? Did I find all the cool mutations? Mutations representing to like this game's version of like grenades. But you can unlock more of those mutations as you play through the game as well. Um, I feel like ultimately this game is fun... Though, it can become pretty samey over time. Um, Some people might hear me say that and go, what the hell, have you never played a running gun before? And the answer is obviously yes, but I still have to state for the sake of this game, because it is a roguelike in this sense, as opposed to a game that has eight defined stages, it can get samey. The question becomes, are you okay with the samey that this can become? Because the humor is there. The art is still awesome. Uh, The music, I can take or leave, honestly. Uh the the weaponry is pretty solid. And I do like when I play it, but I couldn't see myself playing this game in long stretches. This is definitely a pickup, play for a bit, put down and come back later type of game. So if you're okay with your screen being riddled with candy confection chaos, and you don't mind the fact that sometimes you might not know what the hell is going on and your life will just slip away in the blink of an eye, but then you'll just come back with another run that I would say this game is for you. Otherwise, look elsewhere for a game that is less manic and more contrived and controlled.
0: Well, before we talk about price, let's talk about the options because there's another game to talk about and that's alien hominid hd developed and published by the behemoth released november 1st on xbox one series x and s switch and pc for 11.99 alien hominid hd the award-winning 2d side scroller from the behemoth is back with hand-drawn graphics excitingly fast gameplay and the humor that started it all loading up this title is like traveling decades back in time with improved visuals and the same hardcore gaming experience uh, Pernell, this is the the more controlled version of the game, yes?
1: No. <laughs> Actually, it is, but that doesn't say much because um, if you've played, I mean, I played the original Alien Hominid way back in the day and even beat it on two-player co-op with my friend. Clearly, he must have had the copy of the game, though, because I can't seem to find it on my Xbox series X for some reason i was like a maybe it's like a different version of something I don't know but I've played through this game in the old version and I'm not sure if it's because I've gotten older because again this is a 19 year old game or if it's the graphics and like the, the hD element but god Jesus crap this game is freaking brutal hard too um <laughs> it is a side scroller um think again Contra or metal slug where you go from stage to stage and each stage could have its own little god gimmick Jesus involved. So crap <laughs> it, yeah it, it, this is that game man it's you can, again, you can run, you can jump, um, you can shoot your gun. If you're up on a guy directly, you can knife kill them, melee style, like Metal Slug. Um, you can jump on enemies' back still, um, and you can also burrow underground to kind of, like, dodge things for a bit. And you can dodge roll. But you also die in one hit. So, um, you might tell yourself, well, yeah, Pernell, duh, you've played Alien Hommage. There's a shield you can pick up as you play, too, for certain occasions. And that is true but you'll likely get killed hit so fast that she'll barely had time to be there in the first place. (laughs) This game is hard. I am not going to mince words on this, Um, but they were emulating the style at the time, which was the Contras. Like the, I want to say this was slightly, this was a little before the attempted revival of Contra with shattered soldier. Um, And that game was also pretty freaking hard. They knew what they were gunning for running and gunning for uh and that's kind of fine i mean because i like the game i did beat the game back in the day but i feel like maybe i mean you could i wonder if you guys would think of this too in the concept of like something about when games go full-on hd the graphics become smoother and things flow smoother but as a result of that games that have a twitch mechanic become harder i don't know how to explain it like basically in an older game i feel like i had my eyes have time to react to things maybe it's just they don't they don't they're not as hit hard as what the what the graphics are they're not they're not affected by the graphics they are currently but when i played this one i felt like sometimes i was like whoa where'd that bullet come from bam it just got me that fast and i'm dead um i started to adapt in certain levels but I do feel like I was having a harder time with this one than I was the old game. But also, again, I'm 19 years older. <laughs> it's yeah, very possible. I,
0: I think but. a lot of it comes down to the additional processing that TVs do nowadays with the images, and that introduces just a little bit of the input lag. That it, it, most games, it's not enough to fuck with you. But there's a couple that it's just enough to mess with your timing. I know a lot of TVs have a game mode to cut down on stuff like that, but even then you could run into issues where things just don't feel right.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely possible for another self too. Like I wouldn't be surprised. If I'm having some input issues there, but I feel like it's a combination of that. And also just like a weird blur. Like it's just almost like my eye can't keep up with how the screen wants to interpret it. But if I put the old game in, it's still the same as it was then. It's crazy, but it's definitely there. Like I'm have to do like a freaking like HD to like, like CRT day and just to com- do some comparisons on it or something. Like play Shattered Soldier and see how I hold up. But with that said, the game is still legitimately fun. You you have the fat kid that shows up. And I mean, you might be like, "Perna, what the hell? But no, he is called the fat kid. He becomes angry at the FBI because he ruined his ice cream cone. And he goes nuts and he helps out the alien by giving him power-up guns throughout the stages. Um, but he will be there to supply you with weapons on occasion. And also, as far as the kind of cool ways to help airlift you out of stages at the end of some of them. Um, the levels themselves can have pretty cool gimmicks, like a level where you're on the interstate. And you're jumping inside of cars to dodge attacks that are coming at you on the highway up the top. But if you also fall off of a car, you get scrolled off the stage and killed. Um, There's flying levels. There's typical running gun levels. You go to different countries. You're all over the place in this game. And it's just a lot of fun. But you're going to suffer till you get to those stages because this game makes you work for it, baby. It is not easy. But it is fun. There's a reason why Alien Hominid has retained its popularity for so long. That it went from being a flash game produced <laughs> in like 2004 or whatever to now being an HD release on an Xbox Series X, it is a good game and it has stood the test of time in such a great way. And I can wholeheartedly recommend this game. Do I feel that this is better than Invasion? Um, I guess it depends on how you look at it because they're both chaotic games. Yeah. You're not going to get the easier game in any spectrum or any way <laughs> of the way the other one invades is probably easier because you get a health bar in that game but uh with that said though the games are just genuine fun they're well crafted they have a lot of love and humor put behind them i do feel as though i want to say alien hominid was the game that put behemoth on the map and yeah, pretty much and there's a reason behind that it still rings true um I can recommend this game to people. Just know that in either case, though, you're going to die a lot. And as far as, again, I guess the original question was which one is better. um, I guess it just depends on if you want structure versus, you know, random repeat Um, structure. You're going to do better with Alien Hominid if you're okay with the idea of, you know, getting the attempt to grow your character, level up to unlock skins and accessories and the like. And retry, 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 that's Alien hominid Invasion. But ultimately, I can give a buy-it recommendation to both games because they are both good fun. They're just solid titles.
0: You didn't even let me bring up the pricing option. You jump in the gun. or now. silly shot. Charge him shot. Well, you already said they're buy it. So let's let's go through this step by step. Alien Hominid Invasion is twenty bucks. That's a buy it. Yes,
1: I would go with giving that a buy. It. Just the official verdict of this is a buy it title. It is All worth right. the coin. Alien Hominid HD is eleven ninety nine. That's worth it. Definitely a buy it. We used to. We, I think we paid forty bucks for the original release. So yeah, yeah.
0: Well, how about bucks. saving money? Because you could get both games in a bundle. For twenty four ninety nine, so you're saving like seven bucks there.
1: What do you think? Buy the bundle and go get a Big Mac, but not a combo because inflation, bitch.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, sounds good, Purnell. That is it for you. We are going to let you get going, so you could go get some rest. Yeah. Uh, not often you leave in the middle of the show. I don't know how we're going to end it without you. But do you, do you have any
1: final words before we let you go? Eight hours of sleep a night is valued and appreciated. Respect it and get it in because you're going to regret it later. Also, keep shooting for the moon and shooting for accomplishing goals because that shit pays off when you least expect it. I'm going to bed. Good night, friends. <laughs> night. Take it
0: easy for now. See you. All right, moving on. Next up is True Virus, developed by Farmind Studio and 100 Games, published by Ultimate Games. Released November 1st on Xbox One, Series X, and S for $8.99. True Virus is a point-and-click adventure game that takes players to an abandoned psychiatric hospital set in a world ravaged by an enigmatic and dangerous pandemic. In True Virus, you play the role of a mental hospital patient who is awoken in a world devastated by the pandemic. Your job is to find out what really happened what is going on in True Virus?
4: Uh, so yeah, you you uh, you wake up chained to a bed. And you've got to find your way out. And uh, haven't once we do, all been there? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, I had a really rough time finding my way out. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but uh, yeah, and you finally get out, and you realize you are in a decaying psych ward in a town. Maybe even the whole world seems a little empty of humans after this viral outbreak. And, uh, there, there's some kind of zombie creatures going around and we're not quite sure what's going on at first. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a dark, gruesome point and click adventure. And I really enjoyed the tone of it. We've got to solve a series of puzzles to find out not only what's going on, but who we are and the puzzles and items you'll need to solve things require a lot of attention to detail. It was actually nice to sit down with a notepad, take some notes, make some doodles, do some math. I actually had to do math to solve one of the puzzles in particular. And it was like doing some kind of weird algebra because it was like
0: things. Uh,
4: I know it was like, uh, here's a code and every, every numerical value has a letter assigned to it. And you have to move the letters into the equation. So like V minus O equals X and X equals 60. And we know v equals six, so what is the oh, other number? Geez. yeah <laughs> yeah, so so there's 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 a wide range of types of puzzles and things to explore. um the music was surprisingly good, uh but my my big knock for a point and click uh was the cursor. It was really slow, like really, really slow. And it was kind of clunky at times. Sometimes the finger wouldn't appear where it should have or an arrow or whatever. Um, and then all of your items that you find are all on the left side. And so you're, you're on the right side of the screen. And now you've got to slowly move to the left. <laughs> scroll through your list of items. Grab the, the d- drag. Drag it to the other side, um, and then if you don't get the right thing, you could lose your item, and then you've got to slowly go back over and <laughs> drag it again. So, so that was um, that was a bit of a detractor for me. I also ran into an incident where I sequence broke accidentally and locked myself out of an achievement. Oh, geez. but thankfully I took really good notes. I still have all my notes here. This like folded up You're piece carrying of paper that the
0: tradition I, like, of being good right? at breaking shit. Like everyone on this show is, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: but yeah, I had really good notes. So I was able to go back and speed run my way through that last achievement that I was missing, which was good. Um, you know, once you solve the puzzles, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a one and done. There's no real variance there. But, uh, you know, a lot of the puzzles were really good. Some of them were really challenging. Um, trying to figure out what I was supposed to do with some of the items was not as obvious at first, but like in true point and click fashion, it's like, try this on it. Try that on it. Try that on it. Does this do anything on it? Oh, Hey, look, it did something. Um, (laughs) if, if you know, when in doubt, just throw things at it until it works. But, um, all in all, like if you like point-and-click, it's a, it's a decent game. Maybe a little on the short side if you're able to solve everything quickly. But uh, yeah, ultimately I ultimately had a good time with it.
0: Well, it clocks in at $9, and for the next two weeks, it is on sale for seven nineteen. dollars uh, Is it worth the 7 bucks?
4: As long as you can handle the slow cursor, I would say it's worth it.
0: Cool. All right. We only got two left. Are you sticking around for them, or are you heading out?
4: I'll stick around for two more.
0: Cool. Next one's an email one from our good friend Andy Sperry for Bloodhound, developed and published by Kruger and Flint Productions, released to version 1.3 on October 13th on Steam for $12.99, coming to console sometime next year. Crush the cult of Astroth and vanquish her hellspawn. Make them squeal and hide where they came from. Enjoy a fresh look and old fun in this arcade horror FPS game inspired by the legends of the 90s. Uh, Andy wrote in an email. This is what he's got to say. Bloodhound, brought to you by Kruger and Flint Productions, thrust players into a gruesome world of demon-slaying chaos. This adrenaline-pumping game pays homage to the classic boomer shooters and horror films, inviting you to step into the boots of a valiant member of the Order of the Keeper of the Gates. Your sacred duty? Safeguard the portals to hell at any cost. The heart of Bloodhound lies in its fast-paced first-person shooting action, offering a diverse arsenal of weaponry, including shotguns, missile launchers, energy guns, and a lethal chainsaw flamethrower combo. Holy shit. With 10 deadly weapons, each equipped with timed augmentations, you'll need to keep up with the relentless flow of blood and gore. Fans of classic boomer shooters will revel in the hell-bent adventure of heavy metal and demonic annihilation. (laughs) What sets Bloodhound apart is its... Unique demonic power-up system and weapon enhancements. These power-ups grant you the ability to manipulate time, boost your own speed and attack power, or fire without consuming ammo. These enhancements add an exciting twist to the gameplay, keeping you engaged as you navigate between the realms of hell and back. As you confront a variety of enemies, from cultists to demonic beasts, you'll engage in intense wave-based combat. Each of the five zones presents secret hallways and locked doors, along with challenging wave-based confrontations and nightmarish boss battles. Armed with an impressive array of weapons and a demon mode ability that temporarily enhances your stats, the action will keep you on your toes until the end soundtrack, courtesy of the band Sons of Amon, intensifies the experience with heavy electric guitars and pounding solos, immersing you in the adrenaline-fueled atmosphere as you crush the foes of darkness and thwart the wicked plans of Astaroth. Bloodhound offers smooth and linear progression in gameplay, though some moments may feel slightly sluggish as you mow through waves of enemies just to enter the next room filled with more enemies. While the progression is straightforward, transitioning from a farmland to a hellish subway might feel a tad confusing. The game lacks a prominent storyline, which honestly doesn't seem necessary in this style of game, with an approximate completion time of three hours on easy mode. However, for fans of boomer shooter gameplay style, Bloodhound provides a satisfying break from more skill or story-focused titles. It's gore-filled gameplay offers a straightforward escape to nightmarish domains Considering all this, Bloodhound delivers an unapologetically intense and gore-soaked experience for fans of classic demonic action shooters. With its diverse arsenal of weapons, unique power-ups, and nightmarish enemies, the game offers a thrilling journey through the gates of hell. If you're seeking a high-octane, action-packed adventure, Bloodhound is sure to scratch that demon-slaying itch. So it sounds like a buy-it to me uh thank you andy for writing that in uh any any thoughts from the peanut gallery on that one sound fun looking forward to it if it hits console
4: sounds brutal sounds sounds fun
0: sounds like a bloody good time (laughs) yeah (laughs) 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 i hate my life One final game to talk about tonight is called No Son of Mine, developed by Pleasantly Friendly Games, published by Feardemic. Released October 25th on Series X and S for $14.99. No Son of Mine is a survival horror game focused on combat, stealth exploration, puzzle solving, and uncovering a gruesome mystery. Can you face the unpredictable, deadly, and cruel foe and find the truth before he finds you? Hockey, tell us about it.
2: Okay. In this, you are playing as a detective, and you're getting random clues. At least that's what the game calls them. They're a handful of very small documents that don't tell you shit. And you seem to be in a... I don't know where the fuck you are. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Because you're in what looks like a mine. Then you go down one direction, and you're in a small city. You go down another direction, and you're at a school. And then you go down another direction and you're in a police station. I'm uh, confused. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh and, and during this you're you're finding just a small amount of notes um that people ha- have apparently written, you know, and they're called clues. Some of them might be like, "Oh yeah. Did you hear about this kid? Fuck this kid." There you go. There's your clue. Woohoo. That's n- not a clue. Um, and Are any of them sad? Really sad? Not really.
0: That that would make them Blue's Clues. Oh
2: God! I'm so glad they were not. That was <laughs> terrible, and that hurt my soul. Uh, but yeah, uh, so basically, it's <laughs> it's kind of a walking sim. You just go around, you find these things, and you move on. Eventually, though, by eventually I mean pretty quickly, you find this weird camera looking thingamabob that allows you to electrocute a ghost that occasionally pops up and tries to touch you, which hurts you. I don't know who the ghost is. Um, I have a feeling about who it is, but I'm not going to say it because that might ruin the game. Uh, And basically, while you're walking around these areas, occasionally this ghost will show up and the lights will start going out as it gets closer to you. And the camera, when it's close enough, the camera will blink at you a couple times to tell you, Hey, pay attention, dumb fuck. You're gonna have to use this real quick. <laughs> and then uh you have a little lens that you can pop on and uh, see the ghost world for a very short period of time, even though it's a lens and therefore it should be infinite, but they have to make it difficult for some reason. Uh and when you see them, you shoot them. Uh and then they leave for a little while and then they come chasing after your ass again. Uh, instead of shooting them, if you want, you can also find one of a multitude of little closets to hide in until they bugger the hell off. Um, and then you try to continue, hopefully getting to another area where one of those is before they see you again. If you're just convinced you're not going to shoot this thing, um, you might be like, why wouldn't you want to shoot them? It has infinite ammunition, so just keep shooting them. Well, there's an achievement for not doing that. Fucking yeah! So, obviously, that was the way I played my first game. And um, that, was, that was a choice I made. We'll leave it at <laughs> <laughs> uh, that. Also that's a true.
0: choice that was made. Injury19 just subbed for a month. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for the sub. Always love seeing you in chat. Thank you so much for being here. So, uh, it
2: was the same kind of cho- choice I made. A bad one. Congrats. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that's like... of the game right there is just that um you just have the three locations and in each location you have to find an area uh which isn't very hard to find because you'll find keys and they unlock a very specific door and then you do something through there and eventually you just keep unlocking places until you unlock the last place that lets you find an item that you have to bring somewhere else and once you pick up that item it flashes on screen where you need to go and it's somewhere you've been before. So it's not that hard to do. Um, and you're basically solving a weird mystery apparently of a girl who went missing that. I don't think it actually ever solves or (laughs) talks about or touches on in any way. It sounds
0: like a weird one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, seems like
0: we had a bunch of really good games and we're, we're ending with a weird one.
2: Yeah, it is really, it's really weird because nothing seems particularly connected. Nothing really makes, it seems like you're in someone's mind, to be honest, uh, just from the get-go because of how everything is connected and the main beginning story that it seems to lead off with when you first start the game doesn't seem to matter to anything in the actual game and instead you get this whole other mystery that appears that doesn't hold any relevance to anything you knew of from the beginning and now it's the important thing. So it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's not a bad game. Um, surprisingly it's it's a game you can beat in probably a day to max. Um, if you're actually shooting the ghost, <laughs> it's real quick if you're trying to avoid it. it. Takes a while. A very long while. Um, and yeah, uh, it has lots of Different. Diff- it has three different difficulties. I've only played it on the easiest because I'm not stupid. Um, <laughs> there are achievements for beating it on the other two difficulties. I assume they, one of them, the, like, at with every difficulty in lots of these games, they tell you, oh, this is for the first time. And this other difficulty is, oh, if you've played games like this pretty normally, this this is the difficulty you want. For the hardest difficulty in this, it just says, don't.
0: Oh God! Well, does is that your your review for the game?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, basically. Because there's not much here or anything. Because it's like, if you ignore the fact that you have to hide for like a few hours in the game, if you're not shooting the ghost, there's less than that in actual gameplay and actual things you're doing. Because like, there's five notes basically in three different areas, and that's basically it. Um, (laughs) so there's, there's not actually a whole bunch to this game. It's a pretty short game when you cut out all the hiding and shooting things. If you're shooting things, it's very short. Um, so yeah, go ahead and ask the question. 15 bucks. What's your verdict? I say it's a try it. At least I, I didn't think it was a bad game. It's story was gooberish and didn't make any sense and left lots to be desired but it was so short i didn't really care uh so yeah i'm i'm all i'm personally all for it but i i don't think a lot of people are going to care too much for the game so i think it's a try it at least
0: well it's on sale for the next few days for 11.99 what are your thoughts on that
2: i still think it's a try it
0: all right it was a five dollar
2: i would say yes definitely but mm. (laughs) Well, that is it for this
0: episode. We made it through another one. Uh, thanks to you two for sticking out the whole show. It's been a long one.
2: Yeah, yeah of course.
0: And Bree, you made it to the end of a show.
4: I did.
0: Well, that's, today wasn't her day to stream, so. Yeah. Oh, it,
4: I, it normally is, but that's okay. Oh,
0: Yeah, she took off to hang out with us since there's no show on Thursday. But, I am uh, so
2: sorry, Bree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> poor decisions have been made tonight. Uh... Should I make another poor decision and play one of my songs for the music tonight? Yes.
2: I always love when I get to hear your music. Oh, God. You have an amazing voice. No, you, I don't this, know why you this isn't singing.
0: singing, though. It's like nerdcore white boy rap shit.
2: Okay, that sounds hilarious. I want to hear that. Well, no, I don't I want know to if hear I've it. heard that.
0: All right, fuck. I guess I'm playing it. Uh, <laughs> that means music,
2: means to- <laughs> you, really, you really should do more of your actual singing because you have a great voice. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Everyone, nope. chat, agree with me. Most of you have probably heard it before. We've played the music on here.
0: Nope, I suck.
2: Fantastic.
0: All right, music tonight is uh, The Invasion by my friend Diggy Dis and some other shitty guy who sucks at what he does. But uh, does anyone have any final words to end the show?
2: Yes, I have wholesome once for once. You have a great voice. Deal with it. Bree, anything to add?
4: I'm still just, you know... Doing my philosophical musings uh, that I've been doing all week. I got I got nothing else. My brain is just totally bogged down with philosophy.
1: So times, better be around, liar, though it might not sound bad. that this shit's about to hit you start nodding through the snap. Yeah, you no, know, as I tried to stick around, I think it sounds when shit is fine, things it's normal, and it's just really good. Yeah.
0: This is our fucking land, know, oh damn, you know we can make it, you know we won't make it, you thought we were same, don't their face, destroy their whole race, blow up their ships up and out of space, do not let them win. we won't let them win, we'll fuck them all up and that are they it. Again.
1: We bring the fuckers to all of them suckers And kick them on all those punk motherfuckers But now we're ready to steal it again Slot it on, make them laps in Close that door beat, come out with our feet The crackers we love cause we're fucking weak We're running high cause we are gonna
3: fight Busy rhymes and beat in
1: the middle of the night So you better be aware Though it might not sound fair Then the shit's about to hit you, start talking to the snake. Ha! I ain't no crazy cracker But I better say it now That the shit is gonna catch your ass Before quebuns a chop. You better grab your gun And start blasting
5: everywhere Cause if I'm gonna get it, ya Ha! This shit's not to bear I'll pin the freaking mothership And better get away If my gun connects With ugly face Ain't here to stay we gonna go out blasting And having a good time Diggy, this is representing an enemy, And admitting he can't ride. Better run and hide Cause we ain't gonna fight Bustin' rhymes and beats in the middle
3: of the night So you better be aware Though if
4: my dunce out there Then it's just about to get to start